Simpsons Index, an online spreadsheet that is also a podcast. This is the podcast. Coming to you out of SideQuest Studios, this is the Simpsons Index, episode 219. Hello out there, I'm your host, Elliot J. O'Neill, and joining me here as always, except when he's not, is B.E.T. Callaway. Pods. Oh, wait, sorry, wrong bit. <laughs> and joining us now is Pods. In the Of... Springfield. Springfield. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Three weeks of practice, <laughs> guys, was all worth it. Representation <laughs> of the energy verb. So glad we played the sinking game to get all our timing right on that one. <laughs> <laughs> and the harmonies were beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, long-time listeners will remember James and Nick from Pods in the Key of Springfield joining us from beautiful Adelaide. How you doing, guys? Hi, yeah. Yeah, pretty good, man. Yeah, we're still alive. We're going. Um, pretty good. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's uh, it's good to be podcasting again. Um, this is actually our first time watching The Simpsons, so it was interesting for us. <laughs> uh, for those, have I explained the premise? Yeah, this is The Simpsons Index. We watch and review Simpsons. Normally, it's three episodes, but each one comes from and, a different and decade. what is The Simpsons, Elliot? Uh, it's a cartoon created by Seth MacFarlane. Yeah. Yep. And it's freaking sweet. You have to remember, Pods and Kia Springfield only read the novelizations of Simpsons episodes <laughs> up until this point. Yeah. They're unfamiliar with the visual format. Yeah. I've so. actually only seen uh, the original manga, so I'm not as familiar <laughs> with the, uh, the American cartoon version. Weebs what, in what, the Kia Springfield. You know, in the original, they all go to hell when they die. In this one, they have to come up with uh, another well, dimension. Uh, as they say, life is hell. Hey. Life in hell. <laughs> Damn it. Oh. No, they do say life is hell. People say. That's Homer's famous catchphrase. Sorry, we should let you podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who cares? Like I said, this is one of the last of the current format anyway, before we move into Gasp. reviewing only new episodes of The Simpsons, which still means episodes from the last 14 years. She mm. is. Yeah. But yeah, uh, later on tonight, we'll be uh, finishing our reviews of two seasons, but wow. we've still got to wait to go with this season, season 23, where we just reviewed episode five, The Food Wife. First released in November of 2011, it was directed by Timothy Bailey, not the Australian weatherman, and written by <laughs> Matt Selman. In this episode, Marge and the kids get into being food bloggers, and um, Homer's position as fun dad is being usurped or something. Hey guys, what'd you think? It was okay. Alright, so, my first note for this episode, um, it just says, Borat voice, my wife. Because <laughs> the word wife was in the name of the episode. Yep, mm. yep. So, um... That was my first thought. I don't feel like I need to do the impression, but I feel like um, the listener <laughs> Everyone can is hear now it, filling yeah. in the blanks themselves. Again, with your experience with manga, you really paint the picture with your words, James. It's lovely. <laughs> yeah, my waifu is what they say in the original <laughs> manga. But um, I, I can... Well, um, I brought this episode because I thought, as a, a gamesman, a person involved mm-hmm. in the games industry, the, yeah. the intro to this episode would uh, stand out to you. Does it, for better or worse? It, it does. My, my second note after a Borat voice, my wife, <laughs> just says, you can't just go to E3. <laughs> you can't just walk in. E3's not going to be in Springfield. And they have VIP. Look, there was like a period where they started letting the general public into E3. They were like, you could buy tickets. But they were very expensive, and it's just it's not a good like consumer event, really. It's um it's a work event. If you're going there, it's good okay. for work. It's a, it's a good work opportunity. Very early installment of Nick's Anal Corner, James. This was an event called E4. 
Oh, uh, Nick's anal corner. <laughs> you got me again, Nick. Yeah, it was that PSP game, Every Extra Extends. What's the name of that game? There's a game on the PSP called E4. I did not look this up. I'm You're looking up at people who did not own a PSP. <laughs> well, neither did I. But, um, I I'm a Funtendo guy, personally. Funtendo, yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, look, I guess the representation of E3, which I did get to go to one time. Oh, nice. Was fine. I don't know. There was a lot of noise, uh, a lot of very tired people wandering around. Yeah, you know, there were no jokes, but I, I guess it kind of looked like E3. <laughs> no, fair enough. Um, what year did you go? What was uh, any of the big announcements out of curiosity? I went 2014. Mm-hmm. Pretty quiet year in terms of announcements. Uh, I was there with Disney. So that was the Disney Infinity 2 year. So I got to check oh. that out. Uh, I got to check out Fantasia, which they were working on. Surprisingly good game. What did Nintendo have that year? That was like the Smash Brothers year. That was the year they announced Splatoon, which was cool because oh. I got to interview the producers of Splatoon. Oh, no shit. Awesome. Yep. I got to interview Shigeru Miyamoto. Have I talked about wow. that with you yes. before? Oh, wow. Indeed. Yeah, that was a whole thing that happened. That was good. Um is that when you met Charles Martinet as well? Yeah, that was, I got to meet Charles Martinet. I've got a very nice video with him that I could show you. Um, it is the funniest thing I've seen. It. Yeah, Charles Martinet <laughs> is doing his Charles Martinet thing, so enthusiastic and talking about Super James, and you're like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> I could not match his enthusiasm if I tried. A delightful man. <laughs> uh, how about you, Nick? What stands out to you from this episode, for better or worse? Easily my favourite part of the episode was a very understated little visual gag where they were looking at something on one of their laptops, looking at a food blog, we'll get to all of this later, and then Homer put a laptop on top of the laptop and then Lisa put a third laptop and I was like, yes, fuck yes, stack the laptops. (laughs) And Lisa's laptop just comes out of nowhere from behind the couch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, I wanted them to keep going because they weren't focusing on it and you know how like a complaint we make a lot about modern simpsons episodes is they they aren't very good yeah (laughs) and and, and one of those reasons is that they make the joke too obvious but i like that in the background of this scene they just kept stacking laptops it was delightful (laughs) no it was the yeah classic hat on a hat what you don't know is if you put a third hat on it's funny Mm -hmm. again yeah exactly That's that's how hats work more hats BT, hat, hat expert. Hat laptop. What stands yes. out to you from this episode, for better or worse? Well, there weren't too many hats, unfortunately. Um, I'm going to throw to a negative just because, uh, you know, going against the grain here, breaking like, just I'm a rebel. What do you want? Pew, pew, pew. Pew, pew, <laughs> pew, indeed. Like, I remember this one going in, like, oh, cool, this is the one where, you know, Homer ends up in a meth den. I think the meth jokes are actually kind of okay in this one, unlike a lot of other Simpsons meth jokes. And then it gets spoiled when Cletus rocks up and goes, oh, dang, our favorite meth lab. We brought the chillins and everything. It's like, oh, you just couldn't resist, could you? Because, you know, Homer rocks up there thinking it's going to be a fancy deconstructed place. And it's like, oh, no name on the door. Well, that's, you know, a fancy restaurant for you. And the idea that, you know, all the um, junkies look like hipsters, like, okay, fair. This this is getting a bit more mileage than I thought. And then, yeah, then they shat ye bed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's my negative. Just to bring the mood down for all <laughs> I'm sad it, now. Good. It really dates the episode that they go into a meth den and the whole thing is not just a breaking bad reference. Yeah, I mean um Wiggum does say freeze breaking baddies, so it's it must have started oh, at least. But if this was like four years later, the whole thing would have been breaking bad exclusively oh, yeah. and specifically. 
Yeah, and then yeah. Bob Odenkirk would have popped up and like, I'm so Goodman in this one. I'm being wasted. <laughs> See you later. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's once again, Simpsons coming very close to having uh, Homer imbibe drugs and then just yeah camera cutting away quickly i really mm-hmm. wanted to see homer do math that's what i'd change about this one yeah he, yeah, he got not? very close to the glass barbecue i was very surprised <laughs> it's one of these moments it's been pointed out elsewhere before but it's like it's still funny to me that this is on disney plus you know like yeah. this exact same scene is like so close to watching bambi or snow white or something yeah, yeah. And, and yet they're not allowed to show little bart's little cartoon bottom anymore but, <laughs> no. then, but then you've got Bots will know. corrupt the youth, as yeah. we know. But on Disney Plus, you can see his like grimy little dick if you watch the movie. <laughs> grimy is not the adjective you usually use for that, James. What's the adjective you usually use? God, it's been a while. What is the adjective I use? You usually say fishy little dick. <laughs> yes, that's right. It's fishy little dick. <laughs> and, when, uh, on, and it used to piss me off all the time. And when you said grimy, I was like, no, no, no. Yeah, now you missed it. <laughs> no, no, no. We have to use the domain adjective. Absence has made the heart grow fonder. It really has. I thought it was just little body boys, little body boy. Little body boy. <laughs> little body boy. <laughs> I've forgotten all of these things about our podcast. We haven't done an episode in a while. Yeah, it's That's true. what we're doing. We're helping you remember. Remember. Yeah. <laughs> this is actually an intervention. Yeah, <laughs> stop podcasting again, yeah, damn it. This episode has like that ratatouille moment where... um. The, Don't you mean uh, Rakakuni? Yes, I do mean Rakakuni. Uh... Look, it's got the Ratatouille Rakakuni moment where the uh, the meth dealer remembers his childhood experience mm. with apple pie. Mm. Is that what you're trying to do to us? Uh, like, have us remember the happy <laughs> moments of recording our own podcast? Yeah, yeah, when you're all sepia-toned little potty boys. Um, yep. Yeah. <laughs> because I've been too harsh a critic. And it's funny, whenever I talk about Ratatouille, I'm always like, yeah, that's a great movie about, like, a cynical critic who remembers his... Uh, but I was like, no, that's a movie about, like, a pleasant rat. <laughs> no, it's yes. about the importance of good criticism. Mm-hmm. When your mother would make delicious homemade podcasts. Fresh out of the oven. Just come fresh out and just serve it to miniature versions of the both of you. Same facial hair. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I picture is all right. I can say. Plate after plate of piping hot Bluetooth speaker. <laughs> <laughs> and what stands out to me? Um, I actually like the general storyline of Marge trying to be mm. the fun parent. Yeah. It's not executed the best, but... Yeah, I, I think there's some charm to this story of, yeah, Marge finally finding something with the kids that they can do together yeah. that's nice. Mm. And it sort of makes yeah, sense nice. for Homer not to be too adventurous with his palate. Yeah. Yeah, w- when they started, when they ended up outside the Ethiopian restaurant, we did look at each other and say, right, this is about to pivot. <laughs> and it <laughs> could go one of two ways. It could yeah. get really ugly. And it got, I mean, I still felt a bit weird about it all just because... A lot of the names of the food uh, yeah, feel like and, they're taking the piss a little bit. And, like, I I get that the, the point they're making is, like, how silly it is to be closed-minded, but I also still didn't enjoy seeing that closed-mindedness. Which mm. raises a question for me. Is Marge a Karen? <laughs> has, this wow. on, has this come up on I Index mean, before? Holy shit. We were talking about hot takes before. Here are some hot, hot, hot takes. Yeah. Mm. Along there with the Marge has bunny ears, like is Marge a mm. Karen? This is the yeah the new theory. I mean, she has. I feel like in these later seasons, and maybe some of the she has Karen like tendencies that sometimes will get amped up or turned down depending on what the episode needs from her. True, mm. true. In this I, one, she has some she has some Karen moments. Apologies to any Karens listening. You're probably <laughs> fine. 
Uh, and if you're not, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> like, imagine that if your name just became synonymous with just, yeah, a particularly terrible person. Sorry to all the Elliots out there for whatever I might do in the future to ruin it for everyone. <laughs> If it's not you, it'll be someone else. You may as well lead the pack. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there is like a couple of things like, yeah, rolling up the windows, locking and um, yeah, the names of the food that gets into dicey territory. But I think overall they handled it okay. Yeah. And yeah. and I am tempted to try out doing a Gorsham myself sometime soon. Yeah. When they were talking about uh, using pancakes as spoons, I was like, tell me more episode. <laughs> I, I would like to experience this yeah well i remember anytime we'd order thai back when we were living together yeah get an extra roti bread as or mm-hmm. as we like to call it food mop oh yeah finding out you could uh just put butter chicken into a roti bread and eat it like a taco was a, a day cha- a, a day that changed my life you know you can really do that with any meal though you just get a piece of bread put the meal in the bread way to so, rob me of my victory james little little life hack for you there yeah, Why not eat more bread, you dingus? That's my life hack. <laughs> some, some, bread, some bread's nicer than others, though. Like a chili cheese naan shits all over a Wonder White. Mm. Hot well, Yeah, I mean, just don't buy Wonder White. Well, okay. D- d- Support don't your local that's, that's, bakery. That's, that's my um my white privilege opinion on bread. But, th- but then what are you going to put Nutella on? A chili cheese naan? Think it through. <sighs> Would that work? I doubt it. It would come close. One way to find out. <laughs> Guys, we'll be back in about 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Wackiness. Was this a particularly wacky episode of The Simpsons? Uh, Marge's taste buds. We had an extreme zoom in where they're all dancing in a couple yeah. of them in cages for some reason. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the go-go buds. I did not care for <laughs> that. Buds. Yeah, I was, I was confused and alarmed by the go-go buds. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like you should be. Yeah, that, well, um, I'm, I'm glad we're on the same page, me too. <laughs> Good, good. Well, I liked that visual and I thought they even brought it together in a cute yet disgusting way at the end where then you see Marge and Homer's uh, people yeah. buds like intertwining. I, I, and... I didn't like that. I didn't like the implication that their taste buds are fucking each other. It's not good to me. <laughs> that every time you tongue kiss a person that, yeah, your what? little yeah. avatars in your buds what? are Cause, fucking... Cause That's just the... not how it works. What's in the buds' mouths? Further buds? <laughs> Is it just a fractal of oh. buds forever? That's a tool song, BT. Oh, God. Eternally <laughs> recursive taste buds. What is it? The end of the movie seven? What's in the buds? <laughs> what? Well, I hope somebody will get that. Oh, fair enough. Um, in the wackiness as well, Marge has a dream sequence with guest stars of the episode Anthony Bourdain, Gordon Ramsay, and the incredibly cancelled Mario Batali. Um, wait, 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 wait. Was that actually Gordon Ramsay? Yeah. Doing what sounded like a bad Gordon Ramsay impression. <laughs> James said at several points in that very brief scene, <laughs> this is a really bad impression. Why didn't they get a better voice for it? Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> sound like him. It's really weird. I've been watching a lot of Gordon Ramsay lately and that's not mm. what he sounds like. Oh, really? He's just saying, a bad actor, I guess. He needs to berate himself to act better, <laughs> is what you're saying. Well, he should have just popped in and said, Marge, I'm going to treat you to the most amazing dream. And then, you know, made her some sea bass and like, mm, delicious. Taste that. Yeah, you know that, yeah. Like, he's got his phrases. He should have been saying them. Well, they at least got a couple of censored fucks in there, which is like, yeah, not a common occurrence for The Simpsons. So that's fun. Yeah, oh, yeah. look at that. You know, he, he has things other than fuck he could have been saying. Uh, I'm not that familiar <laughs> with the, the Ramsey verse. Um. <laughs> Ramsey verse. Is that when Neighbours takes place? 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, not anymore. That's uh, like Mario Batali, very cancelled. Um, yeah. What, what, what's the deal with Mario Batali? I haven't heard anything about serial harasser. What's the deal? Was that sorry? Uh, a huge harasser. Right. Okay. Sorry, Ellie, no, did you correct yourself because you knew that one of us would make a joke about cereal and you knew it wasn't oh. appropriate? <laughs> yeah. I, to, yeah to, be clear, to be clear, I wasn't baiting you so I could make that joke. I genuinely didn't hear what you said. Had I heard it, I would have made that joke. Um, but yeah, fortunately, he only got one throwaway line, but apparently Bourdain had some more material written for him that was, yeah, cut for time, but... I mean, this is a very full episode. We get like just the Cloud Simpsons, and that's it. We're straight in the episode. Straight. In I the actually episode. wondered if that was a weird Disney Plus glitch because I don't have Disney Plus, uh-huh. and we're watching this at James's house, and I was like, "Oh, is there like an intro skip option that James hit that I didn't see?" But no, you're right. No, just very right full in. episode. Yeah, it's quite a common trait of Simpsons. Yeah, especially in the 30s. Actually, yeah, to just go from clouds to episode starting it's uh well the simpsons back in the 30s you know they uh they were sort of high on the post-war euphoria um <laughs> in the lead up to I mean, weren't we all world war ii <laughs> oh god how true that might be soon um yeah <laughs> so i started saying that and then realized like the 30s has the least identity out of any decade <laughs> i was uh, like shit i've got nothing to say on this <laughs> When the cold shadow of war was once again revealing its head and everyone was terrified for the future for the first time since an uh, extended period of optimism. Yeah, you know, like funny stuff to talk about on a podcast. And it was, the <laughs> yeah. great, and it was I believe, in, in the 1930s, it was the Great Depression, which is why I have, I have nicknamed season 30 onwards the Disney <laughs> Depression. That's it. And we still uh, fly that name flag today. Jesus Christ. Fly, name flag. fly that name flag today. <laughs> hey, kids, get out there and fly that name, fly that flag, name flag today. Do it today. Is your hot water system broken? Get BT and he'll flick your switch. <laughs> oh, I'll flick it. Oh, he will. Deep in that Disney depression. Uh, any other wackiness from this episode you want to mention? Uh, Homer's ghost gives himself the Heimlich. Oh, yeah, yeah, Homer dies. That did happen. Yep. Marge Uh, saying that her car breaks down because old squirrels always go to die in it. Yeah, you were mentioning before how they sort of drove by the laptop joke without really hanging on it. Like, I thought that line was fine enough. They didn't need to, like, go into her engine lights. Yeah, Yeah. dead squirrel light. Yeah, I agree. Hey, Elliot, speaking of um, wackiness, was that Tim and Eric in this episode? Other guest stars of this episode, uh, Tim Heidecker and Eric Wyholm playing characters named Amuse Bruce and... Amuse Bruce. And Foyce Garth. <laughs> That's pretty good. Why are those names not made clear in the episode? They should absolutely have done that. That is so much name. better than any of the puns that are in the episode. Oh. Like, Fun Tendo Z. What the fuck is that? Yeah, well, man, I go back and forth on the E4 thing because, like... That whole opening five minutes or whatever is just how slightly different can we change names of things? Yeah. Yeah, there are no actual jokes in um, really the whole episode. But... I, d- I didn't mind Marching Band as their yeah. rock band thing. I enjoyed that. And then even it's got like a little study controller with her books. Like, I like that. The one that I came closest to liking was the concept of a human centipede game for the Atari. Oh, I missed that one. <laughs> It's just Centipede has been renamed Human oh, Centipede. Yeah. That's that's like a, that's a it looks premise. like a bunch of Pac-Man in a line. Oh, yeah. I saw Human yeah. Centipede and did not click that it was... Yeah, okay. 
<laughs> Have any of you actually seen any of those centipede movies? No. I saw the first one in a cinema. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Why did you go to the movies Which is a... to see human centipede? You've seen like ten movies. <laughs> I know. What a like terrible date were you on? <laughs> they wanted to go see human centipede. I was on a sequence. I was on a date. Of Thank course you, you were. <laughs> Good there is no God. Go see human centipede. You're seeing it on a date. Yep. With somebody who wanted to go and see Tom Six's opus, Human <laughs> Centipede. Yeah. Tell you what, I don't remember a single thing about that movie or that date, so I don't think either of them went particularly well. <laughs> Not a single thing? I think there's one thing that would stand out. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 sorry. The, the the main centerpiece of the movie, if you will. What was <laughs> the entire podcast, though? We've got to get into this. Whose idea was it? Uh, th- that, that was hers. Okay. Um, I did also. I think no. It must have been. A, it must have been a different, a different date I was on where I suggested bowling for Columbine. Not a great first date movie, I'll be honest. So I'm, I'm trying to think of a worse movie to take on a date. I don't know that it's possible. Either of the sequels. Todd Salons' Happiness, that would be a pretty bad date movie. Um, Do you mean right. Happiness, the nineties um, Brazilian soap opera? Sure, why not? Of course he does. <laughs> what about uh, oh, Antichrist? That would be a bad first date movie. Oh, yeah, that'd the be The House wrong. that Jack built. A lot of the first, the <laughs> oh, Von Trier, bad catalog. Yeah. Yeah. What's yeah. that recent calf fucking movie, Tatane? Oh, uh, yeah. That yeah. was a strange movie. I saw that. Yeah. She really fucked those cars. <laughs> <laughs> and loved it. I just want the listeners to know that I have deeply furrowed my brow. <laughs> And the reference of a car oh, fucking movie because I didn't know what was happening. It won the Palm Door. It was there. Yeah, uh, look, the Palm Door. Yeah. Now we can go into the Palm Room and open the Palm <laughs> Window. They said you've won the Palm Door, and she said, "Do you say car door?" And I'm like, "No, Palm Door." And they were disappointed. Yeah, yeah Nick's brow is furrowed enough; you could fly an X-wing through it. So it's it's <laughs> deep, guys. Don't is worry. That pod racing. No, no, sort of. No. What is, is that the one Star Wars? It's a Star you know? Wars. Now this is pod racing. <laughs> now that's a furry brow. <laughs> Segwaying perfectly too. How was the heart in this episode? Did you feel the bumps? <laughs> um, um, I th- come on, Marge's whole bit of you know Homer always being the fun one and she never is. I got that. I felt that, especially when she was like, "Oh, we can be the three mouth kittens." It's like one, two, me. It was like, mm. oh, that's yeah. that's sweet. Oh, yeah, I wept and wept. That was tender. <laughs> and even mm. trying hard, trying to take him to the X Games, they end up going to the Cross Games. Yeah, I did actually quite enjoy Flanders' bit there. Of um... there was there was one joke I liked in that. You know, like the hat on the hat of the second acronym. At first, a little annoyed, yeah. but the fact that the acronym was uh, had an acronym. strict parental oversight rather than sports. That's yeah. a pretty funny acronym. Being the acronym I like that the sports, acronym yeah. for sports ends with sports is a real BYOBB situation. <laughs> for the second time this podcast, I'm going to say eternally recursive. Ah. You're not going to say eternally recursive for a second time. I mean, it that might, much is true. It might not necessarily make sense in this context, but, I, but I've said it. And none of you can take that away from me. Except the editor. Unless you edit this part out, which is... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Editing Bay, Elliot Jay here. I have taken out everything that Nick has said. <laughs> <laughs> we apologize for any background noises you might hear. And our fourth guest, no one. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, 
not that it was the best execution of it, but I thought, yeah, Marge's guilt throughout the dinner as well was sort of nicely felt and, yeah, that mm-hmm. she wasn't enjoying anything. It all tastes like foam. Like, I think yeah. it was just, yeah, the turns the story needed to make. It just, again, reinforcing James's point. Not a lot of jokes. Yeah, really not a lot of jokes. And things like with the deconstructed Caesar salad and, you know, oh, you're supposed to taste it in the following order, you know, foam, syrup, gel, syrup, yeah. foam, syrup, gel. And it's like this is something that could easily be mistaken for a joke, but it isn't one. Saying yeah. words is not the same as <laughs> saying something funny. Yeah. As I am learning in this sentence. <laughs> hey, you just want someone to, like, throw a pie at someone else, you know, sometimes. Well, they throw a deconstructed pie, but... Yeah. Deconstructed pie. <laughs> no, but, I mean, just... It's the same with the beginning where it's, like, it's saying all these foodie blog sort of type of foods, mm. wanky deconstructed zero-G parsnips and all that bullshit, and it's, yep. like... Yeah, no actual joke, just sort of saying things that are kind of off-brand, I guess. Hated the song, too. Oh, I like uh, the song. Really? I didn't mind it went on a bit too long. Mm. I didn't really understand why they were choosing New York as, like, the the song to parody. Mm, Empire State <laughs> of Mind by Jay-Z yeah. featuring Alicia Keys. Like, what is the... Yes, exactly. Uh, the song that we all know the name to. That's why I said New York <laughs> to indicate the, the song that we all... Is it because Jay-Z rhymes with foodie? Is that literally as close as they got? Well, it is. Sure. Yeah, it's a concrete jungle dreams are made of. Is that how that yeah. song goes? Yeah. No, yeah. it was pretty weak. Yeah, we're blogging a food blog. It's like, it doesn't have any of those like matching rhymes that a good parody makes. But <laughs> yeah, Tim and Eric were assisting on the lyrics with this one, which I think helped it quite a bit because mm, it stopped it from being a grading Simpsons parody in that way. Something that uh, Nick said to me years ago, Nick, who was on this very podcast that I always think about in these situations is the that... The is back. <laughs> <laughs> Nick once said to me that if you're doing a song parody, oh yeah, you only really need to do like two lines and get out. Like mm. once the subject of the parody is clear, you don't really need to write the rest of the song. So which is a, the more I think about it, the more I think Nick is actually right on this. So first I'm like, oh, that's one of those wild things that Nick says, but... Every time I counted a song parody, I'm like, you can't just keep playing the fucking yep. uh, chorus over and over again. There's not new jokes each time. Love to see Nick go to a Weird Al concert and just going, <laughs> yeah, we get it next. <laughs> Nick, do the so, next one. So my thing, which I think, Jaco, you've, you've done a, a pretty good job of summarising, but it, it's actually every parody song starts with one joke. Just say mm-hmm. that joke and then fuck off and do something else. Trying yeah. to create 15 other jokes, they're not going to hit. They just, they never do, and they just become a drag on. So, you know, do the one joke. Yep. Go yeah, away. Oh, I don't know, man. Weird Al Yankovic song lasagna, every every line is a killer. I, I think Weird Al might be the exception to this. <laughs> Fucking looking forward to that movie. Oh, um, the yeah. Daniel Radcliffe one? That looks like yeah. fun. Is there a Weird Al movie coming out? Yeah. Weird Al is a guy who I always... I feel like I like him in principle... But whenever I'm actually listening to his music, I have the feeling Nick has about every other parody song. He taught me it was okay to be Weird Al. Jim <laughs> Butter once or twice living in Amish paradise. That's funny. You don't need the rest of the song. I agree. They sell quilts at discount price. Pretty good. Jim Butter once or twice. So that's, that's, that's the line I'm, that's a, I'm yeah, well, keeping out of that song. 
I hey. am a diehard fan. I think it's probably too small for you to guys see, but yeah, in my closet there, uh, two Weird Al Yankovic figures. One that's actually like him and one from The Simpsons. Oh yeah. my God, he's trying to get out. Yeah, wow. <laughs> I also enjoy that there is a microphone pointed at a sideboard. <laughs> Does the existence of Weird Al Yankovic uh, mean that there's a normal Al Yankovic out there somewhere as well? Or what? I mean, it must. He's just like an accountant. Sensible Al Yankovic. And is that a sit-sand desk covered in Amiibo? (laughs) <laughs> it is indeed that yeah. is exactly what that is i was on ultra 64 the other week talking about amiibo and i still haven't cleaned up yet yeah fair enough <laughs> i got i got a pile of my favorite ones here like qb that's my favorite amiibo oh, i love qb i, I did QB. get qb i have some amiibo behind me i don't think you're able to see them with the way the camera is oh they're but... not in the closet of shame anymore nice. some of them are <laughs> <laughs> Just the waifu ones. And BT, you're not getting out of this. You've got a Queens of the Stone Age, two Queens of the Stone Age posters. Yes, right? framed and everything. And yeah. then a guitar case. Yep. I don't know what's in it, but it looks to be an SKB case, I reckon. I don't if know. I, if I've got that right, I'm going to do a victory lap uh, of Norwood. Uh, the brand of guitar? No, I'm sorry. No, 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 the brand of the case. Oh, I've never looked at the brand of the case. Hold on. <laughs> I'm pretty sure in that is his Maiden semi-acoustic. Ooh, love a good semi. <laughs> acoustic. I'm very, I'm very sorry. That is a Hiscox case. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got your semi in a Hiscox. Gotcha. So that's more of an acoustic semi than a semi-acoustic. So is your is your mate in the hardwood? Have you got? Have you got hardwood Hiscocks? Or? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's uh, hardwood yeah, Queensla- Queensland Nick, hardwood. This is not an um, appropriate joke for this uh, <laughs> Simpsons podcast. Ultimately, anyway, it feel like an episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> Back to Homer smoking meth. Yeah, Did it feel. Do you feel? <laughs> Integrity um, and such. Are the characters behaving like themselves? Yeah. Homer's wacky fun. Kids have more fun with him. Marge feels left behind. It all fits together. Yeah, Homer yeah. had that one super sooky bit that I didn't really care for. Mm. But he uh, has... Yeah, well, Homer, that, I agree. That was too yeah. much entirely. Crawling across the floor and crying for a year. Yeah, too but, much by but half. I, I think in terms of integrity, I mean, Homer's definitely had sooky moments before, but this was just late era Simpsons dragging out mm. a thing for too long, hoping it'll become funny. Had to cut the intro to make way for that. Oh, oh yeah, good point. Yeah, had to cut Anthony Bourdain down for that. And anything in this episode, you have to remember, they decided there was no way they could cut it for time. They were like, this is packed. We're keeping every single every letter of the script. Yeah, Which is sort of the opposite of a lot of episodes from this sort of um, back 13 seasons, isn't it? Where they have like yeah. 11 minutes of material and then they just have to put in a bunch of ads from the undies yeah. at the end or whatever. Like a seven-minute couch gag to make up for it, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's like kind of what's disappointing about this one because I think it's functionally very Simpsons-y. I think all the characters are on point. But it's mm. like the show itself and the joke telling is just a bit off and off enough to, yeah, make me go, huh. Yeah, the third act of this one does let it down. Yeah. Which is a shame. Yeah, I wish they dug in harder with like the E4 thing at the start and like, yeah, made some more actual wry observations and jokes and whatever. Mm-hmm. I did like the uh, the game designer who, uh, working on the game, cost of his marriage. You know, there's a real problem in the video game industry. <laughs> I'm very lucky to work for a developer where I um, don't do overtime and we have a four-day work week and, like, everything is good. Ooh. But um, I know that it is uh, the exception, not the, not the norm. So, you norm. know. Norm. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't 
if you knew this, but do you guys know my dad's name is Norm? So. <laughs> I knew. Yeah, I, well, I know you knew, but like, because every time you've talked about that on podcast, it's like when I hear a character named Elliot in a thing, it just like mm-hmm. does a weird Triggers thing. Triggers a part of your brain. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure uh, James, Nick, and Ben wouldn't have that problem being that your guys' names are very, very common, but oh, yeah. yeah. My initials are NPC. So whenever you, like, <laughs> if ever there's a character in a video game, that you cannot play as, I'm always like, oh, I feel a certain kinship. There I am. <laughs> because you can't play as Nick in most video games. No, you can't. I've tried. You can't load those settings. What about uh, Nick? Oh, fuck. Damn it. I couldn't think of any Nicks in video games. It's true. Uh, Stevie. No. <laughs> that might have been a Nick in a Dead Rising, maybe? That's what I was trying to think. But isn't that a Frank? There is a Frank. There might be a Nick. No, it's probably just Frank. Well, though, it might be Dead Rising 3 and they switched protagonists Is for a while. Is there a Nick in Infamous? Ooh. Does anyone remember Infamous? Cole, I think. He was a Cole, right? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I'm thinking of Nicole. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, video game names are rarely the most common names. Mm. Because no, you have fewer sure. characters to work with. I don't know. Who can say? I guess me, because I'm a video game narrative designer. I guess I would be the expert on this. Yeah, uh, get on that, put- dude. Get a Nick yeah, and an yeah. Elliot in a video game, why yeah. don't you? Yeah. Why haven't you put us in the game yet? Yeah, I can, I can work on it. I can Fuck get something yeah. in there. I reckon Nick Chop Chop would have taken off so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if we could get the Nick license, that would be a, a huge debt for us. Yeah. I mean, how, how much your life rights, man? Just to make a game about your life itself. Probably not that much, to be honest. <laughs> okay, well, free pass, guys. Until <laughs> uh, then, yes or no, would you watch this episode again? Yeah, sure. I don't know. Like, I... I guess I wouldn't actively turn it off. Yeah, I agree. So this is, you know, laundry playlist for me. Yeah. Uh, What are some other Simpsons episodes you think would pair nicely with this one? That one where Homer is a food critic is the same episode, but better. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Look who's coming to criticize dinner, of course. Yeah. Uh, So in the big pan through in uh, 4E or E4, whatever the hell it was called, there is a Charm Skin interactive sign. So this is a playlist of Charm Skin. Good old Charm Skin. Do you guys know Charm Skin? No, what's Charm Skin? It's the production company shared by Chalmers and Skinner. Oh. Pops up what, more okay. than once for some what, reason. What, what do they produce? They did a film when they had a film festival episode that starred James Jarmil. Was that his name? Why did they do another film festival episode? <laughs> to bulk up the film festival playlist like this one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Actually, yeah. They, just, they just make the show for podcasters now. That's the only reason it still exists. <laughs> hey, have you done that episode where they like become podcasters yet? Yeah. Uh, uh, the podcast news or whatever it is. Well, they don't. Become... It's like the Mark Maron one, and then there's like another yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. So Mark Maron's interviewing Krusty for one. Find out who his guys are. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Whether he ever saw Damon Wayans go up there and do a jazz set, you know. <laughs> and the other one is like Marge and Lisa become true crime podcast fans, and Yardley mm-hmm. Smith stars as uh, herself. Ah, uh, because Yardley Smith did that weird true crime podcast where there was like that huge falling out where she maybe fucked over her co-host. Really? <laughs> yeah, that was like that's like a whole job. Oh, I missed that. that. Yeah, go and look oh, that wow. up because I do not remember enough of the details to accurately communicate what happened. Bit of sizzle there. Yeah. Oh. Mm. Yeah, let's fix this episode. BT, what would you like to change? 
just a lot of the pacing of that third act. I think a lot of the plot points of it are fine, but uh, there's just something lacking in the joke telling. Cut that Homer whining bit right the fuck down. That's one of my biggest down arrows. Uh, get rid of the Cletus meth joke. I'm so sick of them. And yeah, I think maybe because there's a line that I kind of liked for Homer where he said, uh, you saved me from the danger you put me in. And I like that line, but then to follow it up with, I'm so happy and angry. It's like, no, mm. this is like you finally getting a bit of your own medicine after all these years of shenanigans. So yeah, remove that second bit. Just just tighten it up those screws, tighten up those dogs. James, what do you reckon? This is um, the latest in a long, long, long line of episodes that starts off being about Marge and then just sort of pivots to being about Homer for some reason mm-hmm. at a certain point. And uh, I wish they would just let Marge have an episode every now and then. Like, uh, why can't it just be more about Marge and her feelings as a food blogger? Why does it have to be about Homer then feeling like left out and then his whole misadventure on the side? Just... Uh, have the courage to make an episode about a woman who was approximately my age. <laughs> I was going to say middle-aged woman. And I'm like, no, that was like my childhood conception of who March is. <laughs> now I'm like, oh shit, I'm March's age. Okay. Yeah. Wasn't that like, I remember being a kid and it's like, oh yay, now I'm Lisa's age. Now I'm Bart's age. And now it's, yeah. oh, I'm Homer's Now I'm grandpa's age. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Homer's haircut. How about you, Nick? What, <laughs> what do you reckon? Um, there was a scene where Homer is lathing baseball bats because that's what he does when he's sad. Yeah. I didn't mind that because he's made mm-hmm. baseball bats in the past. Mm-hmm. But True. when he tosses the freshly made bat onto the pile of bats that he's been making, the pile of bats is so poorly drawn. Yeah, it's really yeah. weird. They're really sparsely spread out and like... Yep. That's not how bats pile. That's not how bats pile. My, my one improvement for the episode is draw the pile of bats better. Yeah, better bat pile. Tighten up your dogs and pile up your bats. Pile up your bats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I only had the boring note of make more funny, but, like, James, you bring up a good point. Like, Homer was so initially, yeah, go for it, Marge. Like, the idea that he's getting left out is, yeah, just the, well, how can we get Homer back into this episode, you know? We started mm. out with Homer. Let's make a nice little Homer bread sandwich here. Yeah, let's not have Homer come back, I guess. Yeah, kill him. It's and fine. Especially when, <laughs> yeah, he dies in the Homer's, fridge. <laughs> yeah, especially when Homer's exclusion from this new adventure is entirely of his own choosing. Yeah. Because he yeah. says he doesn't want any of this weird food. Weird yeah. being his word, not mine. Yeah. He wants to dine at one of the four Krusty Burgers that are out in viewing yeah. distance. See, here they are in viewing distance. Yeah, Thank he's you. being yeah. the real. Uh, he's being a real Karen in that moment. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a good line of uh, "I don't want to think about food. I want to enjoy it." It's like, okay, that's fair. Mm. All right, I think we are here. Yeah, James, do you have any other notes about this episode before we rank it? Most of these notes are just about how the jokes aren't very good. Uh, <laughs> I actually think we've maybe hit everything. Oh, Eyeball of Death looks like a pretty good ride. Uh, yeah. There's a scene where Itchy is um, juggling a bunch of uh, big metal balls. And it's a new ride. I'm like, that seems like a, a pretty uh, pretty complicated piece of uh, construction. I only passed a safety panel of three to two and that third one wasn't cheap. Yeah, I enjoyed that. I have another note on my page that just says, uh, Bob's Burgers is a good show. I just thought a lot about Bob's <laughs> yeah. Burgers while I was watching this. Much better show. Astounding that in its 12th season, it's way more consistently good than The Simpsons was in its 12th mm. season. Yeah, it's wild. Uh, Nick? In the dream where they had the montage of chefs, it was enough to have Swedish chef there. You didn't need a bad Swedish chef impression. Yeah. The bad impression really annoyed me. 
Um, Paired with a bad last... impression of Gordon Ramsay. Left exactly, bad Gordon Ramsay doing a bad Gordon Ramsay impression. The most amazing impression. And then the last note I have is Hometh Simsize. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, Nick. It's quite the note. Uh, BT. <laughs> it's forward again. <laughs> um, let's see. I like when Homer gets back from E4 and is all like, the kids are bouncing around cheering and he just goes, I need a nap. I mean, that's just some strong energy there and I feel it. Yep. <laughs> Especially at Homer's age, feeling that very hard. Oh, yeah. Okay, it says when they've got the food blog, if you pause, you can see various things that they're into and most of them it's food. But for some reason, it's Lisa. It's a lot of actors and musicians and also Edward Cullen. So we now know Lisa is Team Edward. Uh, do with what you like with this information. I think, yeah, that's just bringing on to another point against this episode that I had that as well in the A4 and as well with the food blog, there were just too much like walls of text that you would have had to pause the episode to. Mm. That weren't funny when I took time out of my life to pause them. Ah. So. <laughs> <laughs> if only this had been the Simpsons Twilight years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And then your job would be done. You would have finished reviewing this already. Oh, yeah. You could, you could take a break. Till we die. <laughs> Till we die. Just the button on that, uh, when Homer's sad, he makes baseball bats. He's like, when I'm happy, I make birth houses. And then he just, the next scene, he just pops out with like an exquisitely made birth house. It, that got me. I like that one. The birdhouse works because he just walks in and puts down the very complicated birdhouse and does not draw attention to it. Yeah, it yeah, is a exactly. rare bit of restraint and later it's, Simpsons. It's- Weird how many jokes don't land because they're pulling too much attention and how many they have that do because they don't. And it's like, you could learn from yourself in the same episode. They mm. could learn a lesson from that. Yeah, well, I mean, even one joke where Homer's like writing off their food, oh, you're eating all your weird stuff and walrus moustaches, then it cuts to Bart eating walrus moustaches. I didn't mind that, even though it's the yeah exact same thing complaining about. At E4 yeah. as well, they have an Angry Birds that knocks over a children's hospital for some reason. Um mm. I do like the implication that children are going to die. <laughs> it's always fun. I went You're... darker with that than I thought when I started that sentence. Uh, put it in the playlist of uh, the six cinder blocks are missing. Uh, there will be no children's <laughs> hospital. AKA James's favorite episodes. So it's a much better episode. It's true. It's true. <laughs> um, I, I actually really enjoyed the Homer first person shooter sequence, trying to get to the Funtendo mm. Zizu presentation. Mm-hmm. Which I think is the only time a Wii U has been parodied in anything. Wow. Yeah, true. <laughs> anyway, uh, Wii U, lest we forget. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> Bourdain has a bidet spraying champagne up his butt, apparently. All right, that's mm-hmm. all my notes. It's time to rank this thing <laughs> on the Simpsons Index. We rank using our six-point scale, which starts down the bottom at failure. Maybe if the episode was just meh, you give it a participant. But for the positive rankings, you got OK Bronze, Good Silver, Excellent Gold, but for the best. Oh, the very best. The ones the episodes, the Simpsons episodes could not episode without. You give Cubic Zirconia. <laughs> hey, it's been 219 episodes. You know what the fuck is going on by now. Yeah. Uh, I'm giving this one a bronze. Like, it's like, I almost want to give it higher because it's like a lot more competent than a lot of Simpsons episodes mm. from this era. But yeah, it's... um. All the reasons are listed earlier. BT, what do you reckon? Yep, more sort of bronze. I was at a silver for a little bit there, but ultimately, mm. yeah, you have to stick the landing. It's the number one most important thing. Yeah. And the heart is okay, but it doesn't quite, you know, get deep enough for me to really, really love it. So yeah, a bronze seems fair to me. Yeah. Uh, James, what do you reckon? I am going to go on this one, uh, participant, because Ooh. I generally feel like I might as well have not even watched this episode. Like it was just, it was kind of just nothing. Like it, mm. it didn't make me angry. Didn't mm. make me happy. 
It's the equivalent of, you know, like, uh, you're hungry and you have, like, a piece of white bread and you're still hungry. I don't know. It just it didn't really do anything for me. I'm already, the chili cheese on. I'm already forgetting it. <laughs> it gets the rare white bread ranking. I don't know. I feel like a bronze would imply that I had a better time than I did. Yeah. Whereas I'm just sort of happy that I didn't have a actively bad time. <laughs> so I'm going participant. Put that on a headstone. Uh, Nick, what do you reckon? <laughs> I'm actually also going participant. I don't know if it's because James and I were infecting each other with our views when we were watching it. There were a couple of groans in the room as we watched Mm. it, but independently of James, and he's definitely not exerting any pressure onto me by currently pinching me under the camera, (laughs) but I'm also saying saying participant. All right. Well, that is a completely split ranking, but we average up because we're nice. That'll be a dull bronze, and it'll be the second episode from season 23 to get a dull bronze. It'll be joining Bart Stops to Smell the Roosevelt's, which is the first Mm. Chalmers-focused episode. So does this make this, like, the best episode of this season, or what? (laughs) It's got to be up there, honestly. Hold on, let me... uh, Wait a minute, this season has that, like, uh, that book heist one that I remember being pretty decent. Oh, the book job's great. I think we, like... Got a silver, I think. Maybe shiny silver, can't remember. No, not shiny silver. Pretty sure I got a silver. Uh, That got a shiny bronze. There we go. Wow, I thought way too Uh, high. The high score. Yeah, well, yeah, you (laughs) went bronze on that, BT, so go to you. (laughs) Ha ha! Ah. <laughs> yeah, okay, so that is equal first with the man in the blue flannel pants, which is... Um, oh, that sounds riveting. <laughs> yeah, oh, and Holidays of Futures Past as well, which uh, it's like a Future Jump episode from the later years that's not too mm. bad. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right, well, now it's time we go to the teens era and we're going all the way back to season 19. And I'm very excited to finish off season 19 with you all tonight because we're doing an episode called E Pluribus Wiggum. Has anyone seen this one before? That sounds familiar. Yeah, I had the same but thing. But I, I don't know. I th- it initially sounded familiar, but I think there's a Family Guy episode that I'm getting it confused for. Wait, is this <laughs> the one where, like, Wiggum, like, Ralph runs for mayor or something? <laughs> President. <laughs> President, okay. <laughs> and Nick, as the lawman, what, uh, you got some experience with Latin, right? What the fuck does mm. E Pluribus Wiggum mean? Uh, I have no idea. Because, look, it's a, it's a rumour, it's a myth that <laughs> lawyers use Latin right up to the point that there are heaps of Latin phrases that we use all the time. Uh, but I only know those ones. But isn't there, like, e pluribus unum? Yeah. And it's something to unum. do with starting up your own country? Uh, e pluribus unum, or out of many, one, uh, which is on the United States. One of them seals they got. You know the eagle that looks like it's flown into a window and it's holding arrows in <laughs> one claw? And a, a fig leaf in the other, it's on that thing. <laughs> I imagine the, the day the logo designer was coming up with that, and he was like, fuck, I'm stuck, I don't know what to do. Then all of a sudden, eagle, bam. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> all right, we're going to go watch that. We'll be back. And we are back, and we just watched a Teens Era episode, our final episode from season 19 to review. Woohoo! This was episode 10, E Pluribus Wiggum, first released in January of 2008, if you can believe it from the episode's contents. I can't. Directed by Michael Polcino, written by Michael Price. In this episode, Homer explodes fast food and Ralph is running for president, and somehow those two things are connected. Hey guys, what did we think? I do just want to check uh, to see if my Disney Plus fucked up, but did this, like, stop in the middle of the second act for everybody? It, it didn't end, right? 
it, there was yeah. no ending to this. We get to Wiggum being to Ralph being you know the presidential candidate, and then it just stops. I yeah. I thought it ended really suddenly. Yeah. Yeah, they just sort of ran out of time. Maybe because that couch <laughs> gag went for like fourteen minutes. Oh yeah. Yeah, not only the full intro, but also this extended, uh, uh, like, what do you call it? Wall cotton art. <laughs> I believe it's a reference to the Bayo Tapestry. Yeah, wall cotton <laughs> art. I didn't think you could speak Latin, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> wall cotton art. Yep. My initial thoughts about the episode, that was the best milkshake ad I've ever seen. <laughs> Yep, maybe want a milkshake. Yeah, uh, yeah, Jackal. What about you? Oh yeah, it was uh, it was an odd one. It was a little less depressing than some of their other political episodes have yeah. been. Like um, on our podcast when we did uh, Sideshow Bob Roberts, which yep. is an obvious comparison point. Mm-hmm. Uh, came out of that one like kind of deflated because it uh, it hit a little too close to home. Yep, this one kind of um didn't have as much uh maybe quite as much bite to it in some places so it didn't you know didn't make me quite as like distressed as that one did but uh still like yeah you know simpsons predictive is fucking bullshit but still it was weird hearing ralph go in the year 2008 i want to make this country great again yeah that was wild strange Mm. i mean wow is that it can't be where it came from right i don't know it's not yeah, I don't know if Trump was like because he's had several like runs mm. at trying to be president that just never went anywhere. So yeah. I don't know if this was like something he said in the past before or if someone's said it before and it's been co-opted by Trump in the future, but yeah, yeah. it was fucking odd to hear. I yeah. very much doubt that Trump has ever watched The Simpsons or you know, like I don't know like those stories about and watching Bloodsport and he would make his sons like fast forward through all the parts that went fights. I just don't think he's <laughs> I think he's watching The Simpsons. I thought you were gonna say make him fast forward through the violent parts because he was scared and that was funny. And <laughs> I missed I missed ten seconds ago when I believed that. Yeah, he just watches the first ten minutes of all horror movies. Yeah. Um, remember how um he was president for like four years? <laughs> yeah, 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 it's wild. So yeah. much like Sideshow Bob Roberts, this was a, uh, in a pile of episodes that I put off reviewing until that was behind us, which, <laughs> you know, the fact that he got there in the first place was optimistic thinking of me that he wouldn't get a second run of it. But yeah, thank fuck that didn't happen and everything has gone back to normal. Hmm. Hey, remember that time he said Bigly? <laughs> Bigly? Yeah. yeah. Comedy gold. A man mispronouncing words as he... Uh, does the things is he is want to that do. he does. There's never been an American president that mispronounced words. <laughs> I'm scanning back through. Uh, yeah. George W. Bush. It was a reference to George W. Bush. Uh, yeah. and, and all the silly things. That it he was uh, quite famous for it. And Elliot yeah. even used to have a talking George W. Bush doll that would say many of his classic lines. That's yeah. right. Like, I know how hard it is to put food on your family. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think my favorite is, can I get this right off the top of my head? Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, can't get fooled again. (laughs) Just a man completely forgetting the phrase and then grabbing for any words to finish it. US presidents, what a dignified history. It's a very different meaning. Wasn't there one about, uh, I believe, one day man and fish can can (laughs) co-exist? Yeah, or like... Yeah. Sir, the question was about rising sea tides. (laughs) Your job will be to build and maintain those robots. (laughs) 
so yeah, uh, this episode was fucking nonsense. <laughs> like, oh yeah, yeah. This was a fucking fever dream. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't even know where to begin. So I'll start with you guys. BT for better or worse. What's a moment that stands out to you? I'm not going to help your situation much because at about the halfway point, I just wrote down. So what's happening? And then <laughs> later on, just went. No, really. What's what's happening? <laughs> Mm, and mm. it just became my running theme because really it just I, I kept waiting for the plot to start and for something that's named after ralph to come in so late in the episode is uh, really indicative of what's they didn't even know what they were doing quite clearly in this episode they didn't even know what they were going for it has a very thin interpretation of politics which yeah, is yeah. uh well, I got lost you know, really something. early on when they're like, oh, we have this issue we want to resolve. Oh, we'll make it a part of our presidential primary. It's like, wait, I don't understand US politics, but what? I'm pretty sure, what? Mm. To be fair, US, the whole system of like uh, how the American election works is basically nonsense. And mm. um, I, I mean, think I know that. that. It's a meta commentary. Yeah. Ooh. It all meanders and then some fucker wins. And I feel like this episode kind of on some level, accurately represents how utterly broken their system is um, mm. just by not making a whole lot of sense and uh, not really trying to justify itself, which is maybe a generous interpretation, but I did sort of feel like I was inclined to forgive how weird and meandering it was in places just because it is satirizing a system that is so fundamentally yeah. broken that uh, what are you going to do? Like... Uh, you know, yeah. you can't make it more ridiculous than it already yeah. is. There's a certain point, there needs it to be a term, because there's a certain, some things are such extreme examples of themselves, they can no longer be parodied. Uh, like, if you're trying to make a parody of Bayonetta, I don't know how you would do it. Or, Great game. You know, yeah, mm. I'm a big fan. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's it's intentionally in a massive exaggeration of itself. So how mm. you would then parody it, you couldn't. Or uh, there's a particular song I can't remember the title of that I will uh, figure out later, which is a good example as well. Ah, well, I mean, I feel like Trump is a good example and, you know, a lot of politics satire kind of went out the window with him. And I don't know what era of politics this feels like it's commenting on, like Bush, I guess. But yeah, I don't like yeah. know about this whole point about like the two parties trying to court a candidate thing. Like, again, being Australians, maybe this is a bigger issue over there. But yeah, this just felt weird. So I found the song. It's um, Fever for the Flavor by Hot Action Cop. Which is such a bro douchey song, you can't parody it as being bro douchey. Is that the one? I want to get a little girly, fingy, fingy. I want to That's do a little one. something, chicky, chicky. Yeah, gentlemen, please. Yep. This is a family podcast. <laughs> it absolutely is cunting knot. Can I get a little yum yum, kitty kitty? Just a little something something, itty bitty. Do you wanna get triple X groovy? Give me, give me some of that. Yeah, if you get a chance, yeah, poison your brain and listen to Fever Over Flavor. It is fascinating. It actually has got a bit of a hooky chorus, but anyway. <laughs> hooky hooky. <laughs> uh, Nick, what stands out to you from this episode, for better or worse? Homer smokes a cigar, and the box brand of cigar is yes. Jerkass Homer cigars. Yeah, now, yeah, I've heard Jerkass Homer get thrown around a lot as a mm -hmm. as a phrase. 
You guys are the ones that actually introduced me to the idea of jerk-ass Homer. You're welcome. Again, second time in this segment that I'm asking this, is that where it came from? Yeah, I was wondering. Yeah, Simpsons self-referential, I'm pretty sure. Because there was like a blog that popularized that term, right? Yeah, nohomers.net. Right. And so this is referring to that. It's not the origin of the term. Yeah, I think Homer says it at some point, just in like in passing. Sure, um, okay. Calling himself jerkass, but yeah, I think around this time, yeah, that blog and that sort of term of yeah, the jerkass Homer problem was yeah popularized, and they're just like, Haha, isn't he a jerkass? Yeah, yeah. trying to take it back. It's like, no, that's that's our word for making fun of you. Yeah, 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 exactly. Don't yeah. reclaim it, Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, which is really weird um, because yeah, just the other night I was at Sydney Comedy Festival, and yeah, all of a sudden they almost had to evacuate the entire thing because yeah, someone had thrown a lit cigarette into the garbage bin. And oh. so, yeah, the guy on the PA, you know, normally talking, if you're here to see John Crookshank, go to line A. He's like, mm. if you're smoking cigarettes, please use the ashtrays provided and not the bins. You almost fucked up everybody's night. You can't. <laughs> 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 I do enjoy occasionally walking past one of those, like, you know, the tall, thin stainless steel cigarette bins that are sometimes bolted to a pole. Oh yeah. When there's one of those that's on fire and it's just yeah. <laughs> just smoking out, smoking out of it, it kind of makes me laugh. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm a bit weird. <laughs> now there used to be one outside of my old work that would catch on fire regularly. And yeah. it just be it was system just walk out with a bucket of water and just douse it and go back to work. What was even weirder is the one next to it, which would catch on fire irregularly, and so <laughs> there was no heat involved. You never it knew would which just, was it. Bang. Yeah, <laughs> that was kind of the other funny thing. They obviously didn't have a like a big enough water vessel at the comedy show, so like they just had. There was like two bar staff. One had like a plant watering can, you know, like, with the really thin spout at the end that was like Beautiful. daintily trying to put it out, <laughs> and <laughs> just like another dude with a couple of beer cans that they'd filled with water as well. And the other one's trying to see how far that magic tap can come yep. away from the bar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just spraying Diet Coke onto the fire. <laughs> <laughs> Fire's natural enemy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, James, what about you? What is a moment that stands out to you from this episode? Okay, the very first scene where Homer, Lenny, and Carl are watching Mr. Burns talking yeah. to some guy from work. I don't know why, but something about this scene charmed me. The whole, like, oh, really? Mr. Burns calmly listening to this guy and seeming, like, into all of his discussion about paragliding, then joining in with the dance, all of that. Maybe it was just that it was pleasantly animated or that I just like to see, like, an old man sort of, uh, you know, having a nice time. I don't know. But something about that <laughs> I found charming, even with the whole joke of uh, Homer calling the guy up and pretending mm-hmm. to take his brother hostage that just went on too long. It's an interesting twist for Burns that this is the one person for whom Burns has patience. Mm. Yeah. yeah. They have a shared love of hang gliding, apparently. Yeah. I would have been okay with this if it wasn't for my one bit of Jordan Hill, Connor, where they can hear his shoes when he's uh, dancing. And it's like, no, you are you are too far away and behind glass. You could not hear that. Have you considered, BT, mildly explosive shoes? Yeah, what if they're just real fucking loud shoes? Uh, I considered and still not. Still not. There we saw no explosions. Mm. I, I think this is a subsection of Jordan's anal corner. Uh-huh. This is Jordan's anal corner BT's Foley fuck ups. 
<laughs> no, folly follies, folly follies. Oh, yes. there we go. I think it's a funnier phrase. Well, sorry, you already said folly fuck up, so we have to commit to that now. That was with a fuck up and a folly. <laughs> right. Folly Damn. fuck up, folly fuck ups. Yeah. BTs, right. folly, folly, follies, fuck. <laughs> That's the theme song. <laughs> Every time you're on, you just coin a new bit, you guys. That's been another uh, one of Nick's fun puns and uh, pleasant. What word am I looking for here? I don't know. I'd say it's another edition of Nicknames a Segment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think you just mean you just mean nicknames. <laughs> it's right there, guys. God. What stands out to me? Uh, this episode was uh, briefly banned in Argentina. Oh, really? Why? <laughs> yeah, the Argentinians uh, just don't like Ralph. Have they got yeah. horrendous rules against showing the destruction of a fast food street? Or or does Ralph just mean something dirty there? Yeah, e pluribus wigum. It's the worst thing you can call someone in Argentina. Got it. Yeah. No, Carl has a throwaway line about Juan Perot. You know, when he makes you disappear, oh, yeah. you disappear. And then oh. Lenny's like, and his wife was Madonna. So, yeah, apparently, yeah, this one was enough to have it pulled from broadcast in Argentina because for a while. Because they just don't like uh, Madonna over there? Is that the, Is that the <laughs> Vita reference? Was Madonna yeah. in the Vita? Yeah, don't cry yeah. for me, Argentina. Okay, yeah. cool. Or my husband will make you disappear. Apparently so. <laughs> and now this episode also has been banned in Argentina. Yes! Awesome. <laughs> Finally. I don't know why I want this. How many listeners do you have in Argentina? I'm going to look that up, actually. What if you look it up as like 90% of the traffic? <laughs> the Simpsons Index, the, the online spreadsheet, banned in Argentina. Yeah. <laughs> Look, hey, um, any press is good press. Um, if that gets us banned, I'm sorry, but you can't turn Renegade on and off. You just have to live it. No. Pew, pew, till we die. Pew, pew. How was the wackiness in this episode? Was this a wacky episode of The Simpsons? It would have seemed wacky before 2016. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I mean, they were genuinely talking about getting an eight-year-old to run as president of the country yeah. for some reason. That feels pretty wacky. I feel like an eight-year-old already was president of the country. Uh, uh, hot uh, takes. I call him uh, President uh, Cheeto. We call that <laughs> O'Connor commentary. Uh, um, so I can confirm, in the last 24 months at least, we have had 118 downloads from Argentina. Nice. Well, so they like Pretty us because we tell it like it is. Yes. That number is going to drop off to zero now. <laughs> if it hadn't already. Nick, are you looking up our numbers in Argentina? Well, I can look up our numbers in Argentina. I, I widened the scope from 3 to 24 because, yeah, we hadn't gotten a single download in the last three months. <laughs> Already cancelled. Did that come through? That's, yeah, Spanish that? for don't, that's Spanish for don't forget to like and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> Smash that like button. Yeah, like the whole episode is wow. a note of wacky. Yeah. Um, um, that said, I mean, the food montage with Homer, he gets, I kind of, I, I liked and then didn't like when he, you know, gets a pizza, adds fries and then adds a lobster. That was okay. But then he folds it all up and just eats the box as well. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah. Oh yeah. And again, I started liking the quaint old couple in New Hampshire who are like, well, the way I see it, as my father always said, the way I look at it, you know, just a bunch of folksyisms shoved together. But then it ends with them robbing the cafe and murdering the, the cashier. Which that I, of weird. course, liked. 
Yeah, I have to say, Jaiko got pretty excited by that. <laughs> I started rubbing my hands together gleefully. Just a big Pulp Fiction fan. <laughs> I did rewatch Pulp Fiction recently, so I was kind of thinking about it. How's it hold up? I haven't seen it in a good decade. Holds up pretty well. I think um, the stuff that's dated, you can kind of identify why it is the way it is. Mm-hmm. Tarantino himself, not very good in it, but otherwise, a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. I think I'd forgotten about Pulp Fiction that I really appreciate going back is that John Travolta looks like shit throughout that entire movie. <laughs> he just like looks sort of like puffy and uncomfortable in a way that yeah. enhances the character, and I really like it. Mm. So that's my Pulp Fiction take. John Travolta, if you're listening, um, please like and subscribe to her plugs in the Cave of Springfield as well. We'll have you on it as a guest anytime. Actually, no, we won't. You're a Scientologist. Fuck off. It's okay. He's in Argentina. He won't hear this. Exactly. <laughs> So yeah, I was just going to say that, yeah, being that this whole episode is a big ball of whack, let's just peel off the heart question. How was the bumps, the emotional core of this episode? Uh, Ralph getting pressured by everyone. I felt sympathy for him then. Uh, good point, good point, good catch. Then the episode ended. Mm. I do like it when the show briefly acknowledges the possibility that uh, Clancy Wiggum is like a nice dad who likes his son. Yeah. And the show has a little bit of that. I don't know, I've always... It's always been nice to me that they never went down like Chief Wiggum is disappointed in his weird son. He's yeah. always been like pretty encouraging of him. I think that's good. And it was nice to get a little moment of that in this episode as well. Yeah. I mean, yeah, sure. He uh, drives out on him with Lou to go to the library or whatever, but still. Yeah. And there's a little bit of heart with Lisa coming to support him. Uh, yeah, mm. it doesn't go anywhere, but... No. Mm. Yeah, yeah, the episode is over 30 seconds later, so... And a, a tiny bit of heart when Ralph's like, well, let's just use our words and, and, and not fight to sort... And Lisa's like, oh, maybe this will work. Mm. But then yeah. 10 seconds later, the episode's over. Yeah. Unresolved. Yeah, it's actually... I feel like the episode actually had some restraint with Ralph because a lot of the problems with the teens and Ralph is they tried to turn him into a catchphrase machine. Mm. And that's, that's my problem. I feel like it's not showing restraint with Ralph. It just ran out of time. Mm. Like it would have probably done that if it had not already wasted everything on you know everything else that happens. And yeah, once again, like it's the opposite of the last episode where they did the full intro. They did a long couch gag. They had yep. time for an ending. They just didn't write one. Because it's hard, Elliot. Yeah. No, they're too busy making um weird jokes about politics that are a little difficult to unpack in places, I think. Uh, yeah. There was one part where they have a, a Democratic politician on a stage throwing out a bunch of percentages which are wildly inaccurate to the actual situation. Um, mm. We're saying, like, one-fifth controls, like, 80%. Like, we all know, mm. you know, the 1% has become a lot yeah. more of a thing that we talk about now. But then Lisa says uh, that the Democrats can't win with another prissy brainiac running. I'm like, who the fuck is she talking about? <laughs> Which candidate, like, um, at that point, the last Democratic president had been Clinton, like, famously not a prissy brainiac at all. And yeah. then, obviously... Uh, Al Gore have, and John Kerry, the prissiest yeah. of all the nerd wads. But Al Gore, like, obviously we have sort of reclaimed Al Gore since then because, mm. uh, you know, the the way everyone talked about Al Gore, we've now realised was very stupid. And, like, John Kerry, I honestly don't remember, so I can't really no. say that much about. <laughs> but And then, like, running in 2008 was Obama, who, again, 
that was not the read on him at all. Mm-hmm. It is weird that they made up a bunch of politicians in this episode when they have that just used real politicians in the past. The only thing I remember about John Kerry is that Tom DeLong from Blink-182 spoke at several rallies in support of John Kerry. Yeah. And at the time, as a big Blink-182 fan, I was like, this is a weird read. Like, yeah. like you know, on, on the Democrat side, cool, but who's turning to Thomas Matthew DeLong of Blink-182? <laughs> Being born, like, how should I vote? Born December 13, 19. 80. I think like, maybe you would be Nick. You seem like the exact target audience. <laughs> but I'm not part of the American voting public. Yeah. But still, the swing voters that are also alien truthers, man, it's a more powerful position than you would yeah. estimate right now. It's a fucking yeah. circle, that Venn diagram. John Kerry <laughs> sounds like the name of a cartoon frog. I think that would be a good name. I think John Kerry would be a good cartoon frog. Yeah, he'd have a top Maybe I'm just thinking of Kermit. I don't know. Uh, but ultimately, did it feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Are the characters behaving like themselves? Is this a show we know and love? Characters kind of show no. It is, again, it meanders and does nothing and then just stops. Honestly, I thought basically yes, for the most part. Homer's not politically interested. Um, Bart's not really in the episode. Lisa has her own thing going on that is relatively consistent. The one thing that did bother me is... They have the thing in their front yard announcing that the house is undecided. They don't know who they're voting for. But Marge has always been like a pretty staunch Democratic voter in the show, I feel like. She was a Bailey booster back in season mm-hmm. two. Mm-hmm. In future seasons, they make it pretty clear that she's voting for the Democratic candidates. Like, Marge is not on the fence about this. She is a decided yeah. voter. And they just sort of, um, once again, do her dirty in this episode. And just sort of like push her aside because it is not convenient for the plot to have her represented properly. I almost feel like every main Simpsons character gets pushed aside in this one. Like, who even really has the limelight here? They should have made this very butt heavy. <laughs> Man, this has been <laughs> the something. Democratic Convention. I caramba. <laughs> But, I mean, that's it, because then, yeah, they're trying to make a point of, yeah, the two major parties courting undecided swing voters by excessive pandering, and then, yeah, that's just, Homer kicks them out of the house, and that plot point's pushed aside. Yeah. I don't know. Is that even a... I don't know. Me? I mean, probably, I guess. Right in America, all of you. (laughs) (laughs) It's almost like... I've I've been trying to figure it out. It's almost like, Mm. you know, there's the... Earlier on, there was the Super Bowl, and they they re-recorded to do the, you know, the name of the winning team the next year. Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. It's almost like if this was done in 2008, and there was an election in 2008, it's Mm. almost like they went, well, if we just don't take a position and don't put forward a story, we Mm. can't be wrong. But the idea of sitting down to write a story where your main fulcrum point is not having a story (laughs) feels, to me, a little bit weird. Uh, It's the story equivalent of throwing away your vote and not voting. Yeah. if the uh, the whole episode had been about, like, John McCain and they just uh, (laughs) went hard on loving John McCain for some reason. (laughs) Did he play for the Atlanta Falcons? I believe he did, yes. (laughs) Mm. Yeah, he came out of that cage and he was doing just fine. Um, oh but, boy <laughs> Yes or no, would you watch this one again? I'm still thinking about that bit um, I, I kind of want to watch it again Just to know if I missed something Yeah, it feels like that It feels like I must have fallen asleep Or paid too much attention to my Uber order to uh, yeah, really it's, like, it's like when you wake up And you've had a podcast playing And you've snoozed on the couch I snoozed on the couch earlier today And you wake up and you go Hang on a minute 
how did we get here? And you don't know if you've been asleep for like 30 seconds or 30 minutes. Yeah. And so you back 10, back 10, back 10, back 10. Cool. I'm catching up on the podcast. I'm going to do that with this episode of The Simpsons. Not tonight and perhaps not ever, but in theory. (laughs) The idea. I had seen this one before. Uh, a long time ago, like basically when it came out, I am starting to think, based on the discussion we're having here, that I disliked this episode less than the rest of you, maybe. Which isn't to say that I loved it and would rewatch it in a hurry, but uh, it did feel like it was on the brink of being a good episode. Like there are tweaks that could have been made that I maybe haven't fully identified, but definitely it felt like somebody had a good idea for what this episode could yeah. be and they didn't quite get there. I can get I, I can understand the vibe of that. He made me think. Yeah, it's <laughs> like it's like looking at the menu of possibilities this episode and never actually ordering because it's all it's all there, all the pieces and all the stuff, all the mechanics. It's just no one did anything. Yeah. <laughs> I love the idea of BT sitting in a restaurant surrounded by mechanics and no one's ordering anything. <laughs> He's like, come on, you hungry bunch of car fixers, order like, something. Yeah, where's my car already? We gotta yeah. get back to the lot. Come on, order something. It does feel like um it's identifying like a lot of potential topics to make jokes about. Mm. And then, and then um, it just doesn't. It kind of like gets stuck just like talking to John Stewart for twenty minutes. <laughs> oh <laughs> man, that went on. One of the guest stars of this episode. And John Stewart with blue eyebrows, which was interesting. Is John Stewart still a thing? I think he's like got one of those like subscription services that no one ever signs up to, like a show on Apple TV Plus, Paramount Plus, or something like that. Yeah. Um, what would you like to change, BT? Just have a point is going to be my main thing. Just, like, if you want to run with the Ralph Wiggum thing, it's kind of funny that, yeah, they have this joke of, uh, we're so tired of all these political pundits around, let's just pick someone that no one is going to like for a joke and give him all the majority, and then it actually starts taking off. There's something to that, so make that happen 10 minutes earlier, and that's the, you know, focus of the episode. Or do something else, or do anything. Pick something on the menu, goddammit. Nick, what do you reckon? What would I change? Yeah, I think it needs it needs an ending. Mm. Even if that ending is Ralph becomes president and they fast forward by a week and go, geez, that was a bad idea. <laughs> we shouldn't have let an eight-year-old become president. Something. I would, I would have called him President Cheeto. <laughs> you would have called Ralph President, president Cheeto. Cheeto. Cheeto in charge. Ch- Cheeto in charge. Nick, that's really good. Mm, that's thank a you. really good joke. So the change that we would have made is we would have made this ep- this entire... We would have not made The Simpsons. We would have made a show called Cheeto in Charge. Cheeto in charge of About a puffy little cheese-flavoured corn-based <laughs> starch snack that kills its way to power. A scene mm. that I think about from The Simpsons all the time that I feel like is not important to other people in the same way is that one from um, Who Shot Mr. Burns when Bart says, look what they did to my best friend. It cost him your house <laughs> even those cheetos. <laughs> and he just has all the shit on his face. Ah, yeah. A great moment in a good show that I like. The Simpsons. Yes. What would you change, James, about this one, this episode that you clearly like? I feel like <laughs> the two big changes you could make to make this a much better episode is one, obviously, like, move the whole, like, we're voting for someone else thing to, like, the middle of the episode instead of the end. Mm-hmm. Mm. Two, make it someone other than Ralph. Make it, like, Mo. I don't know. Like, somebody who can actually carry, like, a bit of pathos for the rest of the episode and, like, maybe 
you know, sell the idea that they realize the actual import of uh, politicians who are committed to real change uh, mm-hmm. better than Ralph just sort of like saying something very out of character at the end. Yep. And just, you know, sell the journey that this person goes on. Whoever they chose. Maybe not Mo, because Mo's a real piece of shit in this episode, but someone. Yeah, they heavily imply he's a registered sex offender. Yeah, Yeah. and he's, like, homophobic. It's awful. Mm. This is, like, that period of The Simpsons where, like, homophobia and transphobia just, like, creeps its way into every episode and they have no time for it. Yeah, fucking never realised until um, re-watching season 10 for this thing. It's like, oh, fuck. Glad we didn't include that in the classic era. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's up to me. Fuck. Oh, uh, God. I don't know. <laughs> Elliot, what would you like to change about this episode? Go on, uh, Elliot. Make it better. Go on. Um, Go on, nerd. Yeah, um, sitting just... there with your beard <laughs> and your ivory tower. Yeah, and your standing <laughs> desk full of amiibos. Yeah, all the amiibos. You got a plan to change this, do you? Do you? Yeah, there should be a more amiibo talk in this. <laughs> um, Ah, uh, fuck. I don't know. Like, I was, like, kind of invested in the... Homer diet fast food one last binge thing more than mm-hmm. I was invested in the rest of it, but then even, even then that was just a montage of nonsense. I want to learn more about Captain Corndog's Snitzel Palace. <laughs> I mean that sounds good to me. I would go yep. there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I do want to dine at General Chang's Italiano Restaurant Taco place. Yeah, <laughs> that, that sounded good. Oh yeah, and it was set to Duran Duran's Hungry Like the Wolf because hungry mm-hmm. he's eating. Sure. Yeah. Like the wolf. Yeah. I'm laughing because of a private joke between me and Nick that will not translate well to a podcast. <laughs> we have a history with Hungry Like the Wolf that is simply not worth going into. <laughs> I don't know. We'll, I, I don't have many more notes about this thing. <laughs> look, maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll bring it up on an episode of Pods in the Key of Springfield. So if people like want to find great. out, maybe it'll happen at some point. Maybe. There we yeah. go. Yes, they so, were, sizzle if they want feed. to find out, they'll have to like and subscribe. Absolutely. Mm. Talking to you, Argentina. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we are here. James, do you have any other notes? Was it intentional to give us two episodes in a row with a theme of Homer hating restaurants no. and only liking fast food? He's furrowed di- again. I did not remember the, the first part of this episode being part of it. It was just... <laughs> it was one that I felt comfortable doing when Trump wasn't president anymore. Mm. <laughs> Brilliant. There's a joke in this episode about how uh, print media is dying that I feel like became, you know, it got passed around a little bit. It's like one of those Simpson breakout jokes that becomes a bit more of a thing. When Nelson laughs at that newspaper guy and says, your medium is dying and Skinner mm-hmm. says there's being right and then there's being nice. And it's, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like that became like a bit of a thing back in 2008. <laughs> and at the time I was just sort of like working my way into working in print media, so it really hit hard. But um, yeah, that was. Uh, sure that was... Turned to the camera and said, "Right, James." <laughs> and somehow I kept doing it for years and years, even though there was no money left. There's some joke about like a, a politician. What was it like? A uh, Dennis uh, Kozinich. I'm not familiar with them, but I guess the joke is that they're very short. Oh, yeah, I wrote that name down, but I didn't remember to look it up. <laughs> yeah. I'll look it up. <laughs> I just always enjoy the ongoing joke in this period of The Simpsons that one of the Republican figureheads in Springfield is literally Dracula. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's a little yeah. silly, but every yeah. time they do, I'm like, yeah, if you're going to make an easy joke about this, <laughs> I think making it Dracula is silly and fun. And Yeah, I, like I, always, I always enjoy a throw to the Republican headquarters. That's usually pretty funny. 
Yeah, again, it wasn't the strongest one in this. There was a, yeah, George Bush hidden votes fucking joke in there, but yeah, Yeah. that's about it. Sorry, I also liked, and this is, I don't know, maybe this is me being generous, but I did like that one joke about Marge being concerned about this car dealership that had overordered and had to have like a big sale (laughs) on this weekend to get rid of excess stock. Um, Very sweet. That was just a nice little moment of Marge being Marge. And I I like Marge. And I feel like an ongoing thing in my Simpsons podcasting career is complaining that there's not enough Marge stuff. Mm -hmm. So I liked that joke. And I, I enjoyed that it's almost like Marge has been trained that, well, if there's something in the newspaper yeah. that is described as a disaster, then I should be sympathetic towards it. So the the ad in the newspaper of we've ordered too much stock and go, oh, no, I've ordered too much stock. It was very sweet. Very sweet. I hope they'll be okay. Yeah. Uh, Dennis Kosnish was the former mayor of Cleveland and a Democratic nomination for president in both 04 and 08, and he stands at a height of 1.7 metres. Yeah, sure. Real short. <laughs> did he just like? Did he piss on Matt Groening's lawn or something? <laughs> in the episode, he was like shin height on yeah. Carl. That's like yeah. taller than me. What's going on? Yeah. Yeah, I'm 186. Like, it's oh, not that much shorter than me. <laughs> Hold on, just for our American check out, listeners. Check out old old, old heightsy over here. <laughs> yep. It's 5.5 feet. That's not short. <laughs> Wait, five five. Or five oh, okay. I'm taller than that. Yeah. I guess he is short, short and pathetic. And, and just for all our Argentinian listeners. <laughs> there we go. Like that and subscribe? Was... No, that, that was five foot five feet tall. <laughs> oh, Wouldn't it be great if you had an Argentinian listener who like doesn't doesn't speak English but has been listening this whole time? And they're just losing their they've shit. They've got it on in the background for some noise, and then there is picked up at that one second. 5.5 feet tall. And like and subscribe. That's all they know. <laughs> Finally, I've been listening to all these hours for something for me. <laughs> uh, Nick, do you have any more notes? Yeah. There's a joke I really enjoy when the Vesuvius pizza place erupts. Yeah. Um, when Homer smokes the jerk ass cigars. And pizza bases, like uncooked pizza bases, come flying out the the top of the restaurant and they land on people's faces, covering them. Mm-hmm. But the way they're standing, it's almost like it's almost like they're receiving religious salvation in some kind yeah. of weird iconography kind of way. They stand there looking up towards the sky, a pizza base drapes across their face, and then mm-hmm. Mole Man comes up and he's like, yes, because he wants to receive this doughy salvation too. Blessing of he's, pizza, yeah. Yeah, the blessing of the pizza. I believe it's in um, uh, it's one of the parables. but um, Somewhere in the uh, back. Yes, <laughs> they, they hid that one away. Blessed be the marinara. Uh, but, <laughs> um, sorry, I enjoyed blessed be the marinara, now I can't remember what I was saying. But then instead of, instead of Mole Man getting a pizza dough on his face, he just gets crushed to shit by a huge piece of wall. And mm-hmm. um, I really laughed at that. Um, it got me too, yeah. Yeah. What about you, Elliot J. O'Neill? Oh, with my big book, of, big book of notes uh, ready to go. Yeah. The big book of British smiles. <laughs> the big book of notes. Funny you say that. British notes. So uh, when the couple are, the old couple are robbing the place, mm-hmm. the guy goes, uh, something, something, Martha. And I was like, why did he say that name? Um, <laughs> so- <laughs> How does he know Martha? <laughs> so, 
It's always weird when the Simpsons break into CGI for non-story reasons. Yeah. This eagle voting thing did nothing for me. Like, for all I know, it could have been an actual voting campaign hey, ad. No, I get it. It's meant to be, yeah. Those kind of moments where the graphics they use for these things look like, you know, something you'd see in a bowling alley. Yeah. Um, but I, it was weird. Very the, bowling alley. Yeah. Uh, but, that would have been great if the, <laughs> if the eagle had just bowled a strike afterwards. <laughs> yeah. The eagle and like, strike. <laughs> and, like, the eagle is fair enough, but then it goes to, like, a Simpsons oh, character, which is also rendered in 3D, way, and it's like, know. that doesn't make sense. What is this to them, then? Is that... Yeah, are, are they in two D? And this is the only three D person they've ever seen. It, no, no, I didn't like. Man, it. I'm I'm really pleased that you've described that as bowling alley animation <laughs> because that, that is legitimately hitting the nail right on the head of what that animation is. That's very astute of you, BT. Strike. Yeah. Here's a here's a general question just to gauge our senses of humor. Yeah. If they had a character watch this. And then draw attention to the fact that this like visual style doesn't make sense within the context of the world of The Simpsons. How would we feel about that as a joke? Just if Homer went, ooh, depth. Yeah, it depends how. Like a simple ooh depth, that would be interesting. If they were like, that doesn't look like I look like. Oh, yeah. I don't have a bet. You know, we're like, no. There's a stop. um there's a joke in a much later season of The Simpsons I think about sometimes because I feel like I like this joke, but I would have a hard time justifying why against a lot mm. of the jokes I don't like. Where Bart, you've probably covered this episode at some point, but where Bart and Lisa Try are to talking find about the concept of hair, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I remember Bart just frantically pouring this skull and saying, what are we? And I, <laughs> I always enjoyed that. Yeah. Mixed I, feels. I, I remember thinking sure. it went on too long, but the general concept of like them going, hey, hang on. I think an existential crisis is usually funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> and relatable. <laughs> as long as children are being hurt or tortured. <laughs> I don't oh. know why this has become a runner, but sure. <laughs> well, quite familiar J. O'Neill there. As long as children are being hurt or tortured. Yeah. We got a pretty lazy Bill Clinton joke in this episode with mm. uh, apparently Hillary on the other end being... That old cartoon. Rhubarb, rhubarb. Yeah. Yeah. And just a really lazy setup as well. He puts one sign in. Oh, how many of these signs do I need to put in? Heaps, you goose. <laughs> Your impression of Bill Clinton sounds like he's trying to warn you about the old pet cemetery. Down the <laughs> <way>. <laughs> well, well now, see here, Hillary. Now stay clear of the old pet cemetery. <laughs> Why, there ain't been a dog here in years. You want to hear this saxophone solo? Sometimes being politically dead is better. <laughs> ah, score. <laughs> Let's rank this thing. Rank this thing. Jackal, you can go first. All right. I have thought about this, and ultimately, I feel like maybe everyone else is going to go a little lower than me, but I'm giving it. Cubic Zakat. No. I'm giving it uh, a bronze. Shameful bronze. Wow. Um, Shameful bronze. I think. There's a lot about this episode that is close to working, and there's a little. There were a few jokes in there that did genuinely work for me. I feel like um, I didn't get bored with it the same way I get with a lot of this period mm. of The Simpsons. Sure. I had a few chuckles. I enjoyed a lot of the ideas it seemed to be working towards. There were some nice character moments. It wasn't a great episode of television, mm-hmm. but as far as this middle period of the simpsons goes it was a little more coherent in its attempts at humor i think like i at least knew what the jokes were most of the time yeah. so um i'm giving it a bronze i don't think it was amazing but i didn't hate it bt 
Yeah, I'm I'm largely mixed on this one because it does have a few jokes I quite liked. Uh, one of which being because you skipped my notes, you bastard. Oh, uh, did when I? they bring up the battering ram, and it just makes a gentle knock, knock, knock. I kind of like that. <laughs> that got oh, yeah. me. Um, did you have but, any other final notes? I'm sorry, I didn't realize. <laughs> no, that's cool. I, I just flipped through them all really quickly, and th- that's pretty much the most noteworthy one. At that, and we finally, you know, always seeing... here except when he's note. Ooh. <laughs> um, <laughs> in addition to seeing the Republican HQ, we see the Democratic Party HQ, and I do like it's in like a rundown restaurant salad bar. There is something funny about that. I didn't yeah. then like the joke of, oh, we, my, I'm gonna get my assless tucks together. I was like, what yeah. the fuck is this? Well, because, yeah, one of the other people in this meeting was apparently a parody of a pundit that's husband got caught cheating with another man, and that was like a reference to that as well. Right. So, yeah, that all stinks. But for the most part, I was just very... Even the the jokes I like, I didn't get a proper good laugh out of. Uh, And what really just bugs me on this one is just structurally it is just non-existent. There's no through line. I'm going to struggle incredibly hard to remember this one soon. I mean, that's. I almost want to give it participant because, it, in the sense that a participant would be worse. There's so little to dislike here that failure would at least give it merit because there's something tangible there to dislike. Whereas this is, you know, I think the rare example of a participant being worse. That said, if you can't get structure right after 30 years, stop making <laughs> shows. So I'm going to fail. I will fail. Well, Nick. I'm going to go participant. Broadly similar to what BT was saying, actually, but I'm probably a little bit less harsh on on the storyline stuff. But I was actually having a really good time for the first five or six minutes of the episode. I enjoyed a lot of the jokes, but then it completely fell off the rails. And, like, we, we got to the end of the episode and I was very confused. And I don't think it's strictly speaking because I was focused heavily on eating pizza. <laughs> I think that we've I've learned, I've gleaned enough information from the chat that we've just had mm. to know that it did kind of just fall apart and cease to exist. And that strikes me as odd. So I'm going to participant it. I'm going failure as well. And this is like, I could have easily gone a participant, mm. but I found this mostly a baffling watch. It's like, yeah, there were parts I enjoyed, but mostly I don't know why the whole thing exists. So... Yeah, fail here for me. And this is fucking odd because (laughs) I just, I had a feeling, so I looked it up to confirm. The other season 19 episode that this uh, little quattro has reviewed before, Mm. which was Mona Lisa, Mm -hmm. got the exact same rank with the exact same people doing the exact same ranks. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Wow. And so, yeah, that finishes off season 19, a season which got an overall ranking of a shiny participant. It is our 20th best season. A shiny participant gets you in 20th. That's uh... You know what? <laughs> it's the third worst teens era season. So that's mm-hmm. something. But it actually has some good episodes in it. Like the top one, The Departed. Their yeah. Departed parody is pretty good. Do you think they'll do a um, an Infernal Affairs parody at some point as well <laughs> in the future? Only in Korean. Uh, they, actually, the other top ranking episode, I don't want to know why the Cage Bird sings is kind of a Dog Day Afternoon parody as well, which is, yeah, Mm. surprisingly good. But yeah, season lows of Funeral for a Fiend, that's where they (laughs) bring back Cecil Twilliger. That 90s show, of course, very infamous. Papa Don't Leech, which Lurling Lumpkin comes back. A lot of, what's that stupid practice of slapping yourself to make drum sounds called again? Hamboning, lots of hamboning. Hambone, yeah. Goddamn. 
and all about Lisa, where Lisa usurps Krusty the Clown's show, much like Bart did that one time. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, season 19. Uh, good for you. Stone yeah. Cold Classic, wall to wall. Episodes that everyone remembers. Mm-hmm. Stone Cold Steve Classic. <laughs> Why did Austin become Classic? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Also, I, I really enjoyed... <laughs> and I think BT enjoyed this too. That in the middle of me saying Austin and getting plastic <laughs> wrong, I, I just like slowly looked off to the side of the screen and wondered, wondered what happened there. <laughs> Words are hard, indeed. They are. Uh, resin time, resin time, do 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 resin time. Anyway, uh, let's move on to the classic era episode now. Is an episode that you guys have done before, but it is considered one of the best in the show. Yeah, you haven't told us what episode we're doing before this, by the way, for the listener. So this is a surprise to everyone. Genuine yep. response when we hear this. Yep, uh, we're watching the Michael Jackson episode. Yep, we reviewed it <laughs> two podcasts ago, but I thought the episode's so nice we review it, it twice. <laughs> yeah! No, no, you mentioned the big book of British smiles before. It was... Uh... Lisa gets braces? <laughs> Dental plan. Are you giving us last exit to Springfield? Springfield? Hell yeah. You're giving us the like entertainment weekly best episode of all time. (laughs) (laughs) That's a very specific reference to print media, James. (laughs) It's all he knows. Uh, Yeah, last exit to Springfield. We'll be back. Yeah, Cubic. And we are back, and we just watched our classic era episode for the evening, and the final episode of season four for us, and what a classic to leave it out on. This was season four, episode 17, Last Exit to Springfield. First released in March of 1993, it was directed by Mark Kirkland, written by Jay Kogan and Wallace Wolodarski. In this episode, you know this one, Homer Becomes the Union President, uh, Dental Plan, Lisa Needs Braces, Strange Bedfellows, and mm-hmm. all that good stuff. Hey, y'all, what did you think? Hooray! Oh, yeah, get out. Yeah, that's, <laughs> it's just beautiful. Yeah, this was, um, I don't know, hard to review critically because this oh, is yeah. just throwing memorable lines and memes at yep. me fucking nonstop. Definitely one of those episodes for me where I was laughing in the lead up to the joke, not yep. necessarily at the joke itself, but I was like, oh, no, wait. It's a nicer donut is coming. Yeah. You know. <laughs> oh, it is Molto Benny. Yes. Yeah, that was fun because I watched The Godfather last night for the first time in years and years, and I think it's. it's I think fight. that's more of a like Godfather two thing. I think it's. I think in the sequel is Michael walking down the street that that scene is parodying, but I haven't seen Godfather two in such a long time that I don't know for sure. Fairly yeah. certain it's Vito Corleone in the flashback with. Uh, oh, is it Robert De Niro? Pretty mm. sure, but you know. Okay, okay. I don't. I don't want to cage match you over that. And so. he's being handed donuts as he walks past. <laughs> <laughs> the donuts were still right. Yeah. No, that's the other thing with this episode. I think it does a lot of the things that later Simpsons does wrong right, and yeah. in especially in that, and a lot of things in this is just direct reference humor to things but Mm. it all fucking works (laughs) Mm. like we get the the whole simpsons pantheon of references godfather citizen kane uh the grinch get smart batman yeah i think it just um it commits to the bit better like there is actually a joke like when you're doing the godfather 
the joke yeah. is that like they're playing it very sincere, but everything is replaced with donuts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's still like a very sincere version of the Godfather. Other than that, mm-hmm. and uh, like urban myth of uh, Jimmy Hoffa gets thrown in there as well. Mm, Sorry, all the Al Pacino classics. Yeah. Uh, so when the you know old uh, union rep goes missing and the guy trips over a body in the football field, that is a reference to uh, missing union rep Jimmy Hoffa, who is rum- rumored to be underneath Giant Stadium. Just like the Irishman. Wow. And just like all those ET cartridges. Yeah. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's hit up the, IGN and make them yeah. dig them up. Maybe Microsoft will do a documentary about it. <laughs> Digging up Jimmy Hoffa. A mediocre documentary. Um, yeah, let's kick it off. Nick, what stands out to you from this episode, for better or worse? Atoms. One, <laughs> six of them. The enunciation on atoms really gets me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's in my brain yeah. as well. All yeah. the time. And the very first thing I noticed, which I've never noticed before, so this episode starts with a McBain cold open. Yeah. And you've got the a ice real sculpt- cold open. Ah, uh, yeah. the, hey. the ice, ice sculpture that McBain burst out of. Yeah. But the very first thing is someone like chiseling ice off the ice sculpture. Now, in the world of the trope of the ice sculpture, is the yeah. point of it to chisel off the ice that you're going to put in your drink? Because I didn't, I didn't have that understanding of ice sculptures. Huh. Not that I think of. I thought he was just, you know, putting the finishing touches on it. He's yeah. chiseling it off to use the ice see, in I his didn't, drink. I didn't see the drink. That the, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I thought he was chipping it off to use in his drink, but that seems like an insane thing to do with such a perfectly carved sculpture. Could have given the whole game it. away too early, yeah. My favourite fun thing about this is the ice to meet you line often gets misattributed to Mr. Freeze in Batman and Robin, <laughs> and he never says it in that. That's oh. a fun fact. Yeah. Like the one ice pun he doesn't use. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Oh, there's no shortage of them, though. Batman and Robin, fantastic flick. Fucking comedy of 99. Yeah, this uh, this McBain movie that you see pieced out through multiple episodes of mm-hmm. The Simpsons, the more I mm. think about it, seems like a pretty good movie. <laughs> seems like a <laughs> really fun, a fun 90s action movie. Um, it is surprising how coherent that they made it. Like, Yeah, apparently accidentally as well. Oh, really? I, d- I didn't know that. I thought You know, when the whole thing came out that, yeah, you could stitch all the pieces together and it kind of made a movie, and I'm pretty sure the response to that was just, oh, we just threw some cliches in, we weren't really thinking about it. Well, they keep parroting, like, the same basic kind of movie, so it would make sense yeah. that yeah. what they would have would be pretty coherent together. Yeah. And, yeah, the line swank ten times more addictive than marijuana. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking great Marijuana. Shit. Marijuana. <laughs> Wish I could, yeah, back of the throat like that. And, oh, and the bit where, yeah, McBain just like, have a salmon buff. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they should have brought in Gordon Ramsay again. He would have sorted out the salmon buff. It wouldn't have said, oh, fucking hell, the salmon puff poisoned him. <laughs> you could have killed him. You know that. Anyway. Putting two bits of bread aside uh, Mendoza's mm-hmm. face, yeah. <laughs> What a, I'm an idiot sandwich. Yeah, sorry. I'm just really digging the depths of my Gordon Ramsay fucking knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> BT, what stands out to you from this episode, for better or worse? You know, on this one, I thought, I, again, I had the thing of writing all the pre-notes and writing the bits down before they even happened. And trying to be objective is incredibly hard. So I was like, okay, at what point am I just sold on this episode as being an absolute classic? And for me, it was a thousand monkeys at a thousand typewriters. <laughs> because... <laughs> 
it just works because if you're just a kid, you just think it's a funny bit. He's got mm. a room full of a thousand monkeys until you get older and you hear about that whole, you know, a thousand monkeys working for a thousand years, yada, yada, write the works of Shakespeare. Mm. And then it gets funnier. So mm. it's a great example of, yeah, that depth Simpsons jokes used to have. And just the image is really funny. And the best of times, the blurst of times is funny. And yeah. Burns's whole, uh, you know, tour of his house is funny especially the basement no we really should stop ending it here and that <laughs> rapid back and forth of uh you know let's take the pressure off i know you're a whiz and you can yeah. see you're shooting for number one you're gonna make a big splash with just the spilling coffee and the dripping pipe it's just ah it's so rapidly funny and, yeah. and saying that we should stop ending the tour in the basement but then still sitting down at the table table yeah, to yeah. hold the negotiations <laughs> like just yeah. delightful yeah, surely he's got several dining rooms that are much nicer mm. than that to, yeah, have this in this chat. Yeah, oh, fantastic. Yeah, so that was the moment I was like, yeah, no, just just give it the award. I'm, I'm <laughs> <laughs> well, with Homer as well, I feel like he has a certain Mr. Bean quality going through this episode. Um, <laughs> or even just a Homer Simpson, just, you know, despite his ineptitude and just like bumbling his way through success in this episode. And yeah. especially with Mr. Burns just... Again, forgetting their past and just considering him quite a formidable opponent. Yeah. Um, yeah. But even then, I like the iconic moment of Daniel Plan, Lisa needs braces, is a great example of the pieces are literally the only thing in his head and he's still standing, staring blankly until it's like, oh. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I counted it out this time. Uh, they repeat that eight times. Including after the pencil drop? Six before, two after. Okay. Okay. <laughs> There we go. Because, yeah, this and the rate gags, I'm still trying to figure out what is mm. the Simpsons formula for doing an extended joke that works. Because yeah. we get one in the Grandpa rant as well, which also yeah. fantastic. Oh, man. All the time. mathematics of these long-form jokes is really hard to pin down. Mm. Yeah. I think I've talked about this on Pods at some point. I remember this old Warner Brothers cartoon about they had this like little fake documentary after the episode of one of the Looney Tunes things. And it was this fake documentary on the funniest wage for an anvil to be when it drops on a character's head. <laughs> and it was sort of like this fake thing about these people like all figuring out that 16 tons was the funniest weight for an anvil. And I feel sure. like The Simpsons is doing that maths constantly mm. in the early seasons. Yeah, how many times can we get hit Sideshow Bob yeah. with a rake? How many times can we say dental plan? The uh, perfect, perfect, perfect encapsulation of that is the itchy and scratchy... Uh, Ouch! Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> when they the go ouchie. to itchy and scratchy land and uh, Homer buys $1,100 worth of the itchy and scratchy <laughs> money, to me that is... Yes. Yeah, yeah just into the four figures enough to be an irresponsible amount of money. And just but like, like, you know, $1,100 is a very specific number. Without yeah. being, like, so specific to be unrealistic, you know, it's sort of, uh, if he said, like, $1,142, the joke is ruined. If he says, like, $940, the joke is ruined. $1,100, perfect. And uh, so it is with this one, saying yeah. dental plan, Lisa needs braces eight times is the magic number. It was actually reminding me, I was, uh, I don't know if anyone's caught up on the new King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard record. Uh, only you, buddy. <laughs> They've got this song, the, the Dripping Tap, where they've got this chorus hook, drip, drip from the tap, don't slip, drip, drip from the tap, don't slip on the drip. 
and that repeats, I think, fucking 30 times. Yeah, I'm it's not Gizzard, sure. Of course it does. It's a 20 minute song, and they dedicate about five minutes to it for this chorus. Yeah, wow. Anyway, obviously not a relatable bit, so I will then turn it to James and ask what stands out to you from this episode, for better or worse. An interesting thing. The timing on this, I literally joined a union this week. <laughs> so hey. this, this, between that and just watching The Godfather, this feels mm-hmm. preordained on some level. Especially when they turned to camera and said, James. Yeah, yep. <laughs> that was terrifying. I feel like that scene wasn't in the episode beforehand, but now yeah. it is. So, uh, yeah, so that is, uh, that's a whole interesting thing. Um, and I'm hoping that nobody gets killed. But um, <laughs> I really enjoy all the dental stuff in here. And I feel like mm. I have always had like an, a weird relationship with going to the dentist, as many people do. And I wonder how responsible this episode is. And uh, just thinking about it a lot this episode, I really love the scene where the dentist is trying to calm Lisa down yeah. by showing her the tools he's using, but the tools are universally terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I have a friend whose favourite line is, and this happy little fellow is the gouger. <laughs> the delivery is perfect. Yeah, I-, I love the dentist character and the delivery is so awesome. And this actually went through a few guest stars that fell through. Oh, really? The The role was originally offered to both Anthony Hopkins and Clint Eastwood. Um, <laughs> Clint who- Eastwood would have been so funny. <laughs> All right, now then, Lisa. <laughs> He's just talking to the dentist chair. There's no one in it. Um, <laughs> Zing. You know Clint Eastwood, when he uh, directs films, he never calls action because he's used to doing westerns and if you yell action, it speaks the horses. <laughs> so whenever he's directing, he just says, all right. <laughs> and then uh, when, when it's finished, he says, that's enough. And that's, uh, that's his directing style, apparently. I stole that from the Blank Check podcast. <laughs> so he just goes, go ahead, make my movie. <laughs> yeah, basically. So, like, who was it? Hillary Swank on Million Dollar Baby. Clint, there's no horses in this movie. It's a boxing movie. I think yeah. we're okay. Yep, that's basically what happened. I also love that the um the big book of British Smiles is like one of those oversized coffee table mm-hmm. books. Like yeah, you yeah. just imagine it has like really glossy pages and it's like taking yeah. this all seriously. I, that was expensive. <laughs> yeah. Possibly even those pages that have like the gold lining on the on the edge, mm. like on yeah, you know, sure. a bit, bit of a filigree. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. To give you a real bastard of a paper cut, you know. Well, there's books you pick up in Dimex and flick through. It's like this is an interesting book. I don't know who's paying eighty five dollars for it. <laughs> yeah, someone. So, so you just take it into the bathroom and then put it back on the shelf. <laughs> yeah. Monster. <laughs> so yeah, Anthony Hopkins and uh, Sir Clint. E- no, Sir Anthony Hopkins and Clint Eastwood turned this down, and there was another actor, Anthony Perkins. Uh, probably not a common name. He's like a horror movie guy. He was the. He's in Psycho. He's the killer in Psycho. Oh, yeah. oh is he? Yeah. yeah. Oh, there you go. I don't. I don't have a good knowledge of um, Hitchcock. So. Anthony Perkins. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he died before the recording session. Oh, wow. So yeah, they just a bad dental work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it had complications due to rotting teeth. Actually, there is a correlation between gum disease and heart failure. So was it a heart problem? I, I don't know. I'll do, <laughs> do, it, do a little quick check. Uh, he, he was stabbed, stabbed, stabbed in the shower? In the shower? Ooh. <laughs> oh, <we did> <laughs> yeah. How unexpected. Or was it perhaps a result of an unfortunate incident with my little friend, the gaucher? 
<laughs> but what stands out to me for better or worse? Now uh, play cask or gas. <laughs> Man, Lisa's a fucking virtuoso. Like, oh, yeah. that is a tricky ass <laughs> song. And she's not even putting her fingers on any of the right frets. <laughs> That's just how good she is. That's how good she is. She can play the mm. right notes in the wrong spot. This is what Nick yeah. is fretting about. No. Oh. Another one of Nick's fretting follies. <laughs> <laughs> More of a fully fresh than a pretty fully. <laughs> oh, dear. So, in the smart line section, as well, speaking of uh, guest stars that were meant to be in the episode, we saw it got a little bit of Dr. Joyce Brothers in this, who brought her own mic. That was her bit. <laughs> but fine. But apparently, on the lineup was also meant to be OJ Simpson. <laughs> but he had a scheduling conflict and cancelled. <laughs> was the schedule that he All had right. to go and kill his wife? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Goofy, <laughs> goofy. <laughs> Yeah, just the Simpsons going, huh, glad we avoided that one. I, I like the idea that that would be like a critical piece of evidence. But you told the Simpsons you were unavailable, <laughs> and yet. He would have been there, and Bart would have been like, hey man, Cal Bunga, my name's Simpson too. Eat my shorts. Now, your diary says here that you were at the Simpsons. Was this some kind of family event? <laughs> if the glove doesn't fit, you must acquit, man. <laughs> Hi, uh, caramba. Jesus. <laughs> All right. Uh, wackiness. Was this a particularly wacky episode of The Simpsons? has a two-headed dog in it. Yeah. That's um, unusual. Uh, Burns's whole bit landing in the helicopter to drop Homer off and yeah. Marge getting the top of her hair cut off and then him falling out and just being like, Homer, be a dear, rub my legs until the feeling <laughs> comes back. And then just again when he gets picked up by the medical chopper. It's, it's brilliant. It is funny when an old guy gets hurt. Oh my yes. Um the whole Grinch bit, I really like that. Yeah. I don't know if that is technically wacky or if it's more whimsical, but I don't think we have a question that deals with whimsy. So I thought I'd raise it in the wacky yep. mm-hmm. to try and, you know, backdoor it in. I like that bit. And speaking of backdoor, there was a great wacky moment with the Get Smart reference, the the overly elaborate way that they oh. get into the control room only to be yeah, yeah <laughs> undercut by the the screen door that's got a broken fly screen, <laughs> rusty hinges that are also falling off, and a single-headed dog that has managed <laughs> Just to get a its way. old mutt. <laughs> single-headed dog. <laughs> One of those single-headed dogs. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. And another reference. Uh, from Hell's Heart, I stab at these from Moby Dick. I, I looked that up too. <laughs> None of us actually read books. God, no. What are we, nerds? Call me Ishmael. <laughs> Please, call me Papa. Little catch off your buns, Papa. <laughs> All of my references are just from The Simpsons. This is a snake eating its own tail. Robberus. Yeah. Exactly. I thought you didn't speak Latin. Fuck. Score. Fuckus Damius. Yeah, any other wacky moments that stood out to y'all? Mr. Burns has a uh, vulture that looks just like him. That's fun. Is this an island of Dr. Moreau thing? Yes, another mm. uh, Marlon Brando movie. Yeah. yeah. Island of Marlon Brando. <laughs> <laughs> Landed nicely. <laughs> um, I don't know how wacky it is. Maybe they had these back in the days, but Mr. Ben's like, oh, if only we'd listen to that young fellow instead of sealing him in the abandoned coke oven. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Top tier Mr. Burns episode, this one. Making him a great foil for Homer. But speaking of which, how was the heart in this one? You know? Homer's standing up against the man and all that. Lisa needed braces. Dental plan. She got some braces. Feel good story of the Come year. On. 
the heartbreak of Lisa when she comes home and the pets run away from her, yeah. and then she's getting the photo taken at school. That there is no God. And uh, little, the story of little Quigley and whatever he's got going on. <laughs> and um, Lisa's song, mm. that they have the plant but we have the power, is a really, yeah. really nice little line. Yeah, absolutely. As is uh, fight to the death or else fold like umbrellas. Yeah. Mm. Just, just good. And also, where's my burrito? <laughs> That's good too. Yeah, I felt that in the hearts. <laughs> So, actually, there was a, another surprising connection, and totally unintended, that uh, for Argentina, actually, that... <laughs> We've already lost them, Elliot. We're just... <laughs> well, Stop, it's already... Hopefully done. I can bring them back, because, yeah, the, the folk song that Lisa sings in this that was used in uh, protests in Argentina in 2017 in uh, relationship for the employees of the Claren Group and their CEO, Hector Magneto. Wait, what? Wow. What? Nice. <laughs> Hector Magneto. I'm sure it's pronounced Magneto. There's a lot going on in this factoid. You're telling yeah. me that they used, they had the plant, but we had the power in an actual protest in 2017 yep. against one of the X-Men. <laughs> Is Magneto <laughs> an X-Men? Yeah, he's yes. a, yeah. I've done that well. You have. Uh, Grupo Claren is a media conglomerate. Oh, man, if that were a Steelworks or Metalworks, that would have been perfect. But <laughs> ah, Was it a protest about mutant rights? <laughs> or oh, dental plans. Yeah, yeah, they're mutants. They're not, you know, yeah. they're not all good at growing teeth. Yeah, they still need dentists. <laughs> Except teeth grower. Yeah, he's great at it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's the heart. Any of you grow up with braces, actually? No. No, no, I was told that I would only need them for cosmetic reasons, so it wasn't going to be kind of medically required. It was only cosmetic. And I said to the dentist when I was 14, well, if I can't get a girlfriend, I'll come back and see you again. <laughs> I've been single for over a decade, so maybe I need to go back to the dentist. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to see the human centipede. <laughs> <laughs> When your dentist said, um, for cosmetic reasons, do you think he just meant, like, he thought braces would suit you? You <laughs> <laughs> really set your face off like a nice pair of glasses. Look, yeah. right now you just fade into the background, but with braces, you'll be that guy who has braces. <laughs> okay, so what I'm thinking for you is braces and one of those jaunty little newsy hats. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe the colourful ones with the propeller on top. You know what you would really liven up this face? An interesting scar. <laughs> Here, go to and that then, taco. And then I just get a tattoo of the of the black maned lion from the lion. <laughs> yeah, so that's the heart. Did it feel like an episode of the oh, Simpsons? Oh yes, it did. Yeah, this is quintessential. Come on. Yeah, there was like this opening sequence where it shows the name The Simpsons coming through the clouds, and from that point onwards, it really felt like The Simpsons to me. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, mm. that television show, The Simpsons, about the Simpson family. About yep. OJ and the trial. And- yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yes or no, would you watch it again? Yes, I would, Kent. I would watch it again, yes. Probably go and watch it again right after recording this episode. <laughs> hey. Actually, curious, have you watched this episode since uh, you watched it for your podcast? I think I have. I feel like um, since they added everything to Disney+, Plus. I will sometimes jump between episodes of The Simpsons on a rainy day, and I'm pretty sure this one has popped up in the rotation. I reckon I've seen it as well since we covered it on our pod. In the key. (laughs) Of Springfield. Springfield. (laughs) So, what would you like to change, BT? Ooh. 
Um, I would change little to nothing about this episode. Um, I would have more Meryl Streep. <laughs> uh, no, nothing jumps out at me right now. I will blurt something out later if I think of it. Sure thing. Nick, what do you reckon? You know what? Actually, sorry, I found one. Uh, hey. McBain <laughs> kills the cellist when he's gunning down that room. Um, the cellist didn't do it. That's not an evil cellist. Yes, uh, it was. Lee, Lee, are you sure? It was a non-union cellist. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> he was selling Rough. poison milk to school children. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then this episode is flawless. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you reckon, Nick? Yeah. I would actually shorten Grandpa Simpson's rant a little bit. Oh, yeah. It didn't play for me as well today as it has previously. Maybe I just wasn't in the mood for Grandpa Simpson today, but mm-hmm. yeah, that's the only criticism I would have is tighten that up just a tiny bit, which is weird because it, it has to be a rambling rant, but it could have just been a little bit quicker, I think. I forgot to mention before when we mentioned it, actually, there's um, there was an Instagram reel or something of a dude who got the entire rant tattooed on themselves right. in ribbon. <laughs> oh, wow. And yeah. there's a misprint in it. <laughs> I don't know if this was it, but it was like they wrote wide onions instead of white onions or something to that effect. <laughs> it's the tiniest misprint. And like, yeah, oh, no. like a million likes and then one person comments, Oh, hey, it's that's not the exact line. And then just him commenting, well, fuck. <laughs> uh, he just had to have his entire back removed. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a shame you can't comment on Instagram with photos because I really wanted to send him a photo of my tattoo. You're making a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> but yours is accurate to the episode, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, James, what would you like to change? During the Smart Line section, uh, when Ken Brockman... Says that thing about the lumbering dinosaur, and then it comes to Homer doing the scream. It's very clear that the scream does not match the animation of Homer. Yeah. I guess the one tweak would be to change that animation so that it matches up to the scream. Yep. That's the one and only change that I can think of to make in this episode. And you guys actually had some deep things to change in this one. I, like, I've got nothing. <laughs> I mean, there's certain parts that I don't get. Like, I'm sure Dr. Joyce Brothers is a reference that's funny. Sure. I, I don't know. But I found it curious that they were all chuckling about the death of their former union leader. Yeah, that was weird. Pray for his safe return. Ha ha ha. I didn't quite get that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, otherwise it's uh, it's so good. Um, yeah, let's just move on to final note time. I realised we didn't do the song before, so BT, take it away. <gasps> and now it's time, and now it's time for our final notes. Everyone's final notes. James. Final note final. time. There's the scene where Homer is watching the wrestling and he's really hoping that they kill the Iron Yuppie. And that's funny. It's funny to want a wrestler to die live on air, I think. Yeah. And for that wrestler to be named Iron Yuppie. Yep. It was also good that, yeah, the hillbilly was Dr. Hillbilly. Like, yeah, <laughs> nice touch. And there. the whole, like, one wrestler will be unmasked and killed <laughs> live in the ring. <laughs> like, that is such a dramatic escalation. It's, uh, it's great. Well, uh, I mean, wrestling has been known for some, like, weird shit like that. Like, there's true. been multiple wrestling events with live crucifixions and... <laughs> There was one match with The Undertaker and Big Boss Man where it ended that Undertaker put Boss Man in a noose and just like had him hanging and then the whole stadium lights went out. Wow. I mean, children go to these events. It's it's good. It's a great sport, in quotes. It's an educational experience. I yeah, think. yeah. I like uh, Gummy Joe is drinking a can of something called Hip Pop. If Hip Pop was a real drink, I think I would drink it. Oh, I was going to look that up as well. What the fuck is a sugar dandy? <laughs> 
I mean, a sugar daddy, the thing stuck to his back. Is it yeah, a sugar daddy or a sugar daddy? I, I, I heard sugar daddy. Yeah. Sounds like a kind of spider to me. And I didn't know if that was a term <laughs> back then. Um, okay, well, <laughs> a Google search was not that helpful. Let's throw in the word <laughs> popsicle. Getting, uh, getting a lot of... <laughs> oh, there are getting of, a lot of people lots of very to, nice men in, in suits that yeah. want to give me money though who want to fix your hot water uh, <laughs> they want to uh, flick my circuit breaker <laughs> uh, sugar daddy yep you're right is a candy bar on a stick manufactured by Tootsie Roll Industries that is essentially a block of moderately hard caramel Jesus okay you can't you? say this podcast isn't educational. Uh, another thing that I really like in this episode is that when Homer thinks Mr. Burns is coming on to him, mm. he mm. says, sure, I'm flattered, maybe even a little curious, but the answer is no. I like that they didn't go full into, like, gay panic there. Yeah. yeah. It is a oh, absolutely. relatively low bar, but for the 90s, it's good. <laughs> yeah. I had a moment like that when um, with Burns' father where he's, you know, the guys are like, Oh, uh, one day we'll sell out to the Japanese. He's like, the Japanese? I'm like, oh, no, don't <laughs> oh, no, besmirch no. this episode. But then he comes back with, those sandal-wearing goldfish tenders, <laughs> which I feel is such an obscure thing. I don't think it's possible to be insulted by it. And then follows it up with Flimshaw. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like calling us, yeah, a, a Cooper-wearing meat pie eaters or something like that. Fine. <laughs> which yeah. uh, we all are. I mean. I mean, uh, <laughs> we're at, right now we are. Yeah. Thank you for Audio Technica for supplying our combination of Cooper headphones as well. <laughs> <laughs> the, really? the headphone parts are just dangling like the little corks around yeah, it. You got li- yeah, instead of little corks, you got little pies you can snack on while you're podcasting. <laughs> oh, dude, that is legitimately a good idea. I have uh, three more notes worth bringing up, I think. Uh, the whole yep. Beatles mm-hmm. sort of reference section yeah. with the uh, yellow submarine stuff is really fun. Uh, Lisa in the sky, but no diamonds. The little, mm. like, you can hear Harry Shearer, like, doing his best impression there. And, uh, the little, like, help us. It's uh, a lot yeah. of fun. I like that. Help us. The funny thing is, like, BT, you mm, mentioned uh, this a few weeks ago, Simon Pegg teaching you how to do mm. all the Beatles voices depending on uh, how you position your tongue in your mouth. Yeah. Like, each Beatle is, uh, yeah, a different position of your tongue, and you're going like, yeah, here, Harry Shearer essentially doing all of them here. <laughs> yeah. Very good shit. All the uh, stuff around the hired goons, this is another, like, repetition yeah. joke, but just the repetition of the phrase hired goons. <laughs> goons, yeah. hired goons, hired goons. <laughs> and then him Even saying it again when- after... Yeah. yeah, I prefer the hands-on touch of hired goons. Hired goons. He still doesn't get it. Oh, what a buffoon. <laughs> it's just one of those things where the turn of phrase is so funny that they just know that yeah. they can hit it again and it's going to hit well. So. And uh, was my note for a playlist episode, because I'm pretty sure one of those hired goons is the one that gets hired to beat Homer up at the end of uh He saved Mr. Burns' life. That one. <laughs> That's the one. Bloodfeed. Yeah. Bloodfeed, thank you. There you go. And my... Last note on this is this is the second episode of The Simpsons to end with everyone laughing hysterically because of gas. The other place. The other one is a Black Widower in season three. Yeah. Oh, true. And they want to get out of the gas-filled hallway before they all suffocate. <laughs> I forgot about the playlist question this time. What is The yeah, Simpsons playlist for this? We just uh, yeah, I would call it It's a Gas. And <laughs> that would be the playlist. Would, be would you call episodes. it a classical gas? I would oh. call it Jumpin' Jack Flash. It's a classical gas. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nick, what do you reckon? Have you got any other final notes? Couple of notes. The largest TV in the free world, which makes me think there's a mm-hmm. bigger TV in the communist world. Yep. <laughs> it's just showing Bumblebee Man dealing with us. Yes. Track. Lastly, 
In the Burns Grinch bit, he uses the word flunges, and that's a good word. What's it mean? Do you have one? I don't think there is a thing that it is. I think it's just a bit of whimsy. I'm just imagining like a yeah. weird plunger. <laughs> kind of like a cross between yeah. a plunger and a gouger, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not quite a mop, not quite a puppet. Actually, did you guys see that the other week I posted up on uh, the old socials? I ordered a balloon pump. Uh, backstory, <laughs> I used to be a clown and I was quite good at making like balloon modelling, balloon animals mm. and stuff. And I got back into it recently. And so I bought a balloon pump and just as a free thing, the company included a stethoscope attached to a plunger end. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a plunger. <laughs> That, well, now we know. That is absolutely a flunger. What a funny bit of value add. <laughs> that thing you never knew you needed. Well, I was worried that like I might have been drunk at the time and I was like, oh, yeah, customers who also bought this. Like, <laughs> God. He just included it. Customers yeah. who like balloon gazelles also like hearing the pulse of their toilet blockage. <laughs> the assumption that like if you're blowing up balloons you also just want to be a clown is funny <laughs> yeah. so, there are other reasons for him to blow up balloons <laughs> yeah, you might uh, have a clown coming over <laughs> <laughs> you might be trying to romance a clown you might be going to watch human centipede with a clown uh, did anyone did you see that reddit post about the guy with the clown fetish he posted yes! this yeah, oh, this really one of the greatest romantic one. stories of all time yeah Ah, it's so nice. Okay, this guy posts this thing on Reddit. He's like, I'm feeling lost. I have this, like, really severe clown fetish that's, like, hyper-specific. Just describing, Mm. like, all the stuff he wanted to do. And then there's a follow-up post. It's like, a woman saw this and was, like, super into it. And we met up. And it was so nice that, like, afterwards we both started crying. And, like, now we're together. (laughs) It's just a really nice... Well, it's beautiful. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. De- very wow. gory details that won't be shared on this podcast, but <laughs> yeah, go type clown fetish Reddit into Google and I'm <laughs> sure you'll find yeah. it. We're not Maybe liable for anything that happens. <laughs> yeah. Elliot, uh, if I read that and like paragraph three is, so then this stethoscope plunger rocked up. <laughs> <laughs> and then I pulled the brakes. No, <laughs> I'm not into that. Uh, <laughs> sorry, BT. Now. Fuck, sure. Notes, I got those. The computer system that shows Lisa aging in her teeth. I don't know. Something about that's just funny. Yep. Yeah. I, I want to pair this to the other episode that we reviewed with you guys, like uh, funny future predicting digital jokes with the Moda Simpson. According to our software, she should be 30 <laughs> years older. <laughs> yep. Um, there's also a bit where just when Homer's, you know, rallying the guys against signing the contract and he tries to tear it, but he doesn't. So he just starts tearing one page off after... Something about that is just really funny as well. I don't know. It's I was trying to look for like things that make this episode so good, and it was just those that little attention to detail in comedy. Uh, we haven't mentioned the me guy. Um, he's in this. Me. That's also quite good. Oh, yeah. him. 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 Such a fascinating yep. tone to his voice. How do you get that that closed over sound that he's got? Man. Like it's he it's has kind a- of a Zoidberg for me. Like I push like my tongue into my bottom lip. Me. Let's go, them fellas. Uh, uh, I'm not doing it good, but anyway. It's, it's in the ballpark, Too bad, doesn't do a good it, it, well. It's on the spectrum of having that kind of closed-over, uh, chambered tone to it. Anyway, I've always mm, found yeah. that voice really fascinating. I feel like <laughs> I've heard that voice in other cartoons as well. I feel like it popped up in the uh, 90s. It's a little bit, what is it's it? It's like Droopy Dog. dog. It is yeah. like yeah. Droopy Dog. It is like Droopy yeah. Dog. What a Droopy yeah. Dog he was. 
Droopy by name, droopy by nature. Mm. Nominative yep. determinism. But for a dog. Oh, no <laughs> podcast is complete without a reference to nominative determinism. That's true. Drink. <laughs> Finally. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. And uh, the fact that Springfield immediately erupts into looting is very Springfield. And the electronic sign that's like total blackout in effect. Hmm. Very good joke. <laughs> yes. And then when the power yeah. comes back on, yeah, the montage takes a moment to point out that the fake vomit factory is up and running again. <laughs> I love that they were just Yay! standing there waiting for the machine to turn back on. <laughs> and they would yeah. have been standing in pitch black too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've, I've worked jobs like that. So. Um, <laughs> dead serious as well. Um, and just the last bit of Homer on the floor, walking in a circle. That was my other question for the group. Has anyone done this? Yeah. I feel like this yeah. is a big 90s activity. We're just trying to run around <laughs> in a circle on the ground. Yeah, I definitely, yeah, yeah I, I definitely did it as a kid, but not like as smoothly as Homer did. No. I do have a distinct memory of seeing this episode and wondering if it worked. And yeah, it does. And it's a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I haven't tried in years. Going to give that a tr- shot. And ben, remember the 90s? You really just can't do it after 25. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, I feel like it's going to mess my knee up. <laughs> Knees that worked, spines that didn't ache. <laughs> Spinal insects. Hope true. for the future. Yeah, only a couple of other, other notes. think you guys covered most of it. Oh, actually, no, that was it. You guys covered it. <laughs> we didn't mention Lenny getting punched in the back of the head. I feel like... <laughs> oh, I even had this... Nah. Hold on. <laughs> 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 that particular uh, black <laughs> and you're right it's just the it's the sound of him enjoying the coffee first yeah <laughs> it just looks like straight up black coffee as well <laughs> i guess it's a really good black coffee no absolutely yeah. all right it is time to rank this thing and bt you can go first i mean again this is one that's hard because it is so iconic to the simpsons and it's just got those rose-colored glasses all over it but that said i went in going okay at what point do I get sold? And as already discussed, I hit that point with the back and forth between Homer and Burns, and arguably the episode gets better from there. So I'm going to go straight to the top, to the cubic. James? I feel like we almost don't even need to do this for this episode. <laughs> this is like, you know, if you're like reviewing Back to the Future, you don't even really need to mention that it's good. Like, it's, uh, this is mm. just... Um, it gets 88 an, out of 88. An, an obvious uh, cubic zirconia... I think is it Entertainment Weekly that called this the best episode of all time, and then like various a lot other of polls. Yeah, yeah, it's just uh, yeah. Look, it's not my absolute favorite episode of all time, mm. and that's probably still much worse than the monorail. But this is, yeah, it's, it's obviously very good. I don't even know what else to say. Really, it just uh, it hits all the notes. It's very funny. It's about stuff. The characters are good. Mm. It just uh, fundamentally understands how to make its jokes work in a way that classic Simpsons excels at. So, yes, very good episode. Yeah. Giving Zirconia feels almost redundant to talk of its praise at this point <laughs> in uh, the cycle, but I love it. I feel like you said the same thing for uh, Mother Simpson, and it's, like, correct. Mm. And, like, these are the episodes that we keep returning to The Simpsons for, and I feel like it is essential in terms of... Yeah, if you're going to say to people, you know, what are the essential episodes you got to watch from the classic years? This, like, I agree. It's not my absolute favourite, but it's fucking up there. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I absolutely believe this is an essential part of the Simpsons experience. Nick, what you got to say? Give it. Yay! Keeping it short. (laughs) (laughs) Everything's already been said. There's no point. Like, oh, I, I also think this episode is good. 
Nick just sort of um, tuned out for a moment there and thought we were talking about measurements that he enjoys. Pubic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Big, big lover of volume. Yeah. You know? <laughs> what, you've only sure. got square? Mate, I want a third dimension. Whoa, slow down, Egghead. Sorry. Mm. All right. Unanimous Cubics Aconia. We are giving this episode the Simpsons Index Outstanding... At- Fuck, I already fucked it up. Uh, <laughs> Award for Outstanding, outstanding achievement, achievement in the Field of, of Excellence. Yeah. We are giving this episode the Simpsons Index Outstanding Achievement in the Field of Excellence Award. Copyright Nick from Pods in the Key of Springfield. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Thank you. All right. And this will be the sixth episode from season four to get the top ranks. It'll be joining Homer the Heretic, Lisa the Beauty Queen, mm-hmm. New Kid on the mm-hmm. Block, Mr. Plow, mm-hmm. and Marge versus the Monorail. Mm-hmm. Very good. And that wraps it up for season four as well. That's getting an average ranking of a shiny gold from us, and that unanimous nice. cubic zirconia just put the average rankings of it over season three, which had been oh. beating it for a long time. Ooh. Will season three come out on top again? We'll see how Colonel Homer goes when we review it in the future. That's an extremely mm. good episode. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, uh, I guess. God, I can't believe we haven't done season that three yet. has the advantage of not having a clip show. Yeah. See, that's the thing. Like. In the same way, season six would be our top-ranking season, but the clip show brought it way down. Yeah, and that is a particularly bad clip show as well. Yeah, oh, the romance one. romance one. Yeah, right. Which is like a clip show that only references like four episodes. It's a weird one. <laughs> and does weird truncated versions of all the stories. Yeah, it's bizarre. But like, I think people like have said to us, yeah, I'm surprised you guys rank season four so low, but there are a few clunkers in it. Like mm-hmm. margin chains, margin chains, and we weren't huge on whacking day either. Like dull gold, but still. And our lowest rating episode that's not a clip show, brother from the same planet as well. We thought was like good but odd. The Pepe episode. What else? I uh, feel like there's a couple of other episodes that make our point. Whacking day is a bit of an odd one. So weird that they included that alt right green frog meme in an early episode <laughs> of The Simpsons. <laughs> Pepe. Oh, right. <laughs> Pepsi. Pepsi. But also, Camp Crafty and Marge gets a job, didn't get the highest rankings either. But, you know, still a fucking excellent season. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so many dull cubics as well. I think, yeah, a lot of people didn't like me for Golding Streetcar, but yeah, fuck you, I run this podcast. <laughs> All right, yeah, I think uh, about does it for the Simpsons Index. Guys, thank you so much for joining us tonight. That is... All right. Uh, thank you for having us here and making us podcast again. <laughs> <laughs> this is what it takes. Be nice to see you. I don't know why I'm rambling like this. <laughs> yeah, good, good times. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Adrian. Thank you, BT. No, I was holding off on doing this one for ages because like, I'd set aside mm. these episodes because like, I thought you guys would be perfect for them. Hoping for another Adelaide trip, but yeah. That, that yeah. fucking thing didn't go away now, did it? Yeah, um, that damn plague. But mm. no, it, it's Wait, what still are you awesome. talking about? What's the... <laughs> what prevented you from travelling interstate? Novel coronavirus, James. Oh, that thing. Yeah, I've heard about that. Mm. What is it exactly? Uh, look at well, the information superhighway. Okay, <laughs> Let me okay, tell you, so there is nothing... So I go to www.coronavirus.org. Okay. HTPP colon slash slash www.coronavirus.org. <laughs> sorry, I'm, I'm sorry you talk. No, you're interrupting my dumb joke. It's probably fine. <laughs> <laughs> what he was going to say, if I correct me if I'm wrong, you were going to say, having caught it a week ago, I can tell you there's nothing novel about it. A month, but yeah. 
that was going to be his bit. Because remember the week after it when we tried to record a podcast and we were like, oh, I remember. Five minutes and, in. I'm uh, like, fucking can't do this anymore. They're like, I, I can make it. I'm like, you, you sound bad. Like, no, I'm good. I just need some water. So that's what that was like. It sounded great. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah, miss you guys heaps. Can't wait to get back down yeah. to Adelaide in the future and yeah, Taiwan on. Yeah, it'll be good. And yeah, once again, just yeah, thank you for coming on the podcast and supporting us all these years. Like, Coming down to see you guys was, yeah, the first, like, interstate trip I made for mm-hmm. the podcast before Zoom was a viable option for a lot of people. <laughs> and that was a whole lot of fun. And it's yeah, totally. been fucking unreal getting to know you guys through the years. And Oh, <laughs> oh it's been a fucking it's been a fucking delight, man. It's so it's always so much fun. Yeah, it's a real shame we'll never talk again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know why we signed that blood pact, but it seemed like a good idea at the time. Yeah, um, we're both going to prison after this for crimes against podcasting. I don't recall going to prison. Why is it at the door right now? Oh no. Why <laughs> oh, all right, mates? Oh, they're cognies. Wait, James, is, is 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 prison the lie we're telling so that BT and Elliot don't get offended that we've blocked them? <laughs> no, Nick, it's the prison of our own making that we live within every day. Oh, it's a metaphorical prison that we're going to. Yes, but it is also literal. We are we are being taken away. We are being taken away. The end of this recording. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry, I wasn't aware, but okay. That's okay. Well, before we get uh, the, the police take you away, why don't you tell the people out there where they can find you on the internet, assuming sure. you will be found. Well, we have this podcast. It's called Plots in the Key of Springfield. It's, um, it's like this one, but um, shorter. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> After the reformat, mine will be shorter as well, and I can't fucking wait. <laughs> uh, let's see. I am on uh, Twitter at uh, J-I-C-K-L-E. Uh, spelt Jekyll, pronounced Jekyll. Uh, yeah, you can follow me if that is a thing you would like. I'm on some other social media. I don't know. You can find me if you want. I don't know. Should I promote any of the stuff that the company I work for works on? Probably not. It's fine. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, you'll get the you'll get the inside goss. No, seriously, download Conan Chop Chop. That game fucking rules. Yeah, you have to uh, pay money for it. So pay the money and then have the game and then play the game. It's good. Hmm. Uh, Nick. I just want to say to the Argentinian listeners once more. <laughs> don't forget to like and subscribe for any Argentinians listening. Or actually, that's that's Spanish. So anyone from the Spanish-speaking diaspora doesn't have to be Argentina. Yeah. Could be, I don't know, someone in Spain. Wow, that quick phrase contained all of those words. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, hang on, no, sorry. I, I added some bit at the end there. Because I realise I've been specifying Argentina, where actually that's just Spanish. Yeah, what's the anyway. Spanish word for diaspora again? It's a fantastic question. Um, <laughs> oh, wow, fantastic question? It says just like English. <laughs> <laughs> Got um, I'm Nick Ibis on Twitter. You can follow me if you want, but it's not really interesting. <laughs> and yeah, Pods in the Key of Springfield is still the best Simpsons podcast. Yeah. Oh, thank Fuck you. everybody yeah, else. No, no argument. Here it is. <laughs> <laughs> and BT, what else are we up to? Well, they can check out our other podcasts, which include Thrones of Game, the Game of Thrones podcast where we watch the series backwards, or our scripted fiction podcast, Pulp Fury Radio, where we take all original scripts across a range of pulp genres and present them to you lovely people with sound effects and actors and foley and music and all that good stuff. Working on a second season right now when I'm not doing this. Or if they, that's all too complicated, you can just go to uh, patreon.com slash sidequeststudios and you can see like all the stuff, including the exclusive podcast, exclusive, that you can only get 
by following us on Patreon. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, we've just started a new series now where we're reviewing movies that star the Simpsons cast, and mm-hmm. that's oh, been that's an a lot of fun. interesting array of movies. We've watched, oh, yeah, yeah, like the 98 Godzilla, Maximum Overdrive, Twilight Zone, mm-hmm. the movie, and what was the ones we just watched? Uh, Quiz Show. We just did a, and a Mighty Wind. And a Mighty Wind, which is oh, like nice. a Christopher Guest movie, which is uh, very, very good. Oh, you can watch Spinal mm-hmm. Tap. There she is in that. Uh, yeah. But you have to be one of our heroes on Patreon to suggest a movie, so we can't suggest one yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> so if you want to hear, um, if you want to hear Elliot and BT have an awkward discussion, I imagine about the Twilight Zone and the death of Vic Morrow, then that's a great place to go and listen to that. We did. It's a good thing that the Twilight Zone that was the first segment because we were able to mm-hmm. move off from that and end the episode with a bang with the fucking wild ass Joe Dante and George Miller segments. Yeah. So the oh, yeah. Uh, takeaway is, um, fuck you, John Land. <laughs> yes, that was our takeaway too. <laughs> wow. And Max Landers, fuck you as well. Oh, fuck Max Landers especially. Yeah. But if any of our Patreon heroes are listening and would like to suggest this is Spinal Tap, wink. <laughs> yeah. A song, a, a movie that um, I think obeys the song dictum by having the whole mm. song just be independently good beyond just being, yeah. you know, a satire. So. <laughs> Those songs don't need to just be two lines because they are entirely funny beginning to end. I am. Their song, their song that's not even in the movie, uh, Majesty of Rock, is one of my all-time <laughs> favourites to just chuck on and watch. The clip is amazing. Mm. So, yeah, go check that out. Patreon.com slash SideQuestStudios. And, uh, yeah, that's my voice going, so better call it there. Yep. Uh, yeah. Until then, once again, thank you, BT. Uh, hoi hoi. Thank you, Captain Nick. Uh, flungers. <laughs> thank you, Jekyll. <laughs> Uh, I really have nothing funny to say. Thank you, Elliot. <laughs> Six of them. <laughs> and I've been your host, Elliot J. O'Neill. That's all the mustard in the house. Thank you for listening to The Simpsons Index Podcast, which is also an online spreadsheet available at thesimpsonsindex.com. You can chat to us online at facebook.com slash thesimpsonsindex or at simpsonsindex on Twitter or Instagram. Now, there's no bonus scenes for this episode, so we'll catch you next week.